0: Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we got the man who can't get his shit together without ducks, Curtis. What's a town without ducks? <laughs> we got Ross getting it torn up from the floor up. <laughs> and of course, all. Oh, who's that... With Barry. Hi.
1: <laughs> <L-L-double-E. laughs> it might be one. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh,
2: there's at least one cat meow in there, I guess. With CBS. The man who didn't expect the unexpected. I never expect the unexpected, but it is expected me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, of course, the man who knows that you can't get stuff settled without a Beat Beat revolution battle, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta settle it with Beat
2: Beat. You got a 187. You gotta beat that thing straight. What? <laughs> 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 I sure that's how it goes. It's ridiculous. <laughs> don't act like you don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's Rob, everybody. I think, it's,
0: I think it's you gotta Beat Beat up in here. <laughs> That might be <laughs> all over your face <laughs> or something.
2: Interest, courtesy of the FP.
0: <laughs> right, so this
2: was fantastic, by the way. Which is fantastic. Oh. <laughs> Today we're doing episode uh, seventy. I got lost in there for a second. the uh, fantastic
3: I believe
2: it's seventy-one. Yes, correct. Episode seventy-one.
3: Yeah!
2: Alright. Oh my god. So uh, today we're going to review or do uh, books Sinestro number 19, uh, All New All Different Avengers number 4, Ghostbusters International number 1, Star Wars 15 from Marvel, and then uh, Poison Ivy Circle of Life and Death number 1, DC Comics. Other people need that. It's just definitely different shape marble from Dark Horse. Oh, so uh, want to start with a little bit of comic news? It seems like what something we do, right? Yeah. Comics. Let's get some comic news from Ross and the dog pile. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs>
4: Before we even started, I didn't mention this to you guys yet, I was kind of waiting until we did this to mention it, but they just announced a new Justice League animated series oh, okay. with uh, Mark Hamill as the Joker and Kevin Conroy voicing Batman.
2: Hey, yeah, You mean like an actual like, series series or movie?
4: Like series series, like animated series. I guess they're going to be 11 minutes though, so they're really short episodes,
1: oh, wow. but... Like the old Looney Tunes, yeah,
4: but it is a full Justice League animated.
1: Huh. Is it gonna be a kitty kind of animation, or
4: it looks like it, but I I don't know because when they have Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill as like their voices, yeah, you that's think that's big. they're aiming it at the people that know that they would be voicing it.
1: The kids like people.
4: That's true. Hmm. Sometimes
1: have they talked about
0: who super what the what voice they're gonna go for Superman?
4: I, I I don't know if they've said Superman yet. They did say that. Uh, the guy that was voicing Batman in Brave and the Bold uh-huh. is voicing Booster Gold in it, so we know oh, Booster wow. Gold is going to be a character. Brave and the Gold? Brave and the Gold. <laughs> and Superman Superman is definitely in it, and Wonder Woman is definitely in it, and the promo picture is Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Huh. So I don't know exactly what other characters were getting in it, other than those ones, but... It's interesting. I've heard rumors for a while now that they were going to do another Justice League animated, but I wasn't sure. I didn't. I wasn't expecting Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill to both come back for.
2: Well, no, because
4: Mark Hamill's like retired from Joker a couple of times now. So
0: yeah, money's good. Yeah, I've I've heard now that um, that those reports were kind of like over the top. You know. Yeah. That he had said that he he couldn't do it again anytime soon. More than, like, I'm not going to
4: do it anymore at all. Yeah, I'm sure that turned into Mark Hamill's retiring from the Joker for
2: forever. Oh my god, yeah, the internet's full of just nonsense. Stephen Mill said he didn't think Arrow would go nine seasons, and all of a sudden the internet was a flurry with Stephen Mill's quitting Arrow. Mm. That's not what he said. Speaking of, well... Speaking of what?
4: I was going to say, speaking of the internet going crazy, but... Oh, okay, go on. I guess that applies to about everything, but there's been a Suicide Squad trailer since we last had a podcast, too. That's very true. A a new
2: one. uh, The second one.
3: Did they have one before that one?
2: Yeah, they did.
4: Oh, I don't even remember the first one.
3: You're better off. It doesn't have the Joker until, like, the last second, and I think that's what everybody's (laughs) excited for, at least I am, is for the Joker and
0: Mm-hmm. Are you excited for the Joker, though, in the Suicide Squad?
3: Yeah, I think he looks awesome.
0: Huh.
3: I think he's like the meth addict of the Jokers.
0: <laughs> yeah, he definitely is. <laughs> he looks like it, yeah. I, I just don't see where he fits into the Suicide Squad. I think he's going to be the villain.
4: I think so, too. Yeah, I don't think there's any way he'll be tied in other than that. <laughs> Unless he's just tied in with Harley Quinn the whole time, and they're making him to be a bigger thing than he actually is. With
3: the sorry, dude. That's it. Well, in, the, in this movie, I saw something with the directors or something. I don't know. Someone was talking about it, but the scene where Harley Quinn is riding in the car and she's like, oh, I hope you got insurance. What I hear is that's the Joker's car and he's driving while Batman is on top. I have seen pictures of Batman chasing a car.
2: I've seen pictures of Batman on top of the roof of a car. Yeah.
0: yeah. It is quite possible. I, I kind of think... That we probably will see the Joker as a villain because you know I've seen a lot of what looks like to me like false face style mm. henchmen out mm-hmm. shooting places up that could very easily be Joker henchmen. Mm. So, which I can see him working better as a villain or an agent of chaos than actually a part of the Suicide Squad. Oh yeah,
4: I don't I I really have a hard time seeing him be part of the Suicide Squad mm. in general just because I don't see anyone controlling him at all whatsoever. If they think they do, then he's probably already got a
3: plan to take over the whole thing.
4: Yeah. I've also heard rumors that the Enchantress might actually be one of the villains. In yeah, the that's what I've heard, too. So huh. that could be...
3: Or it could be one of those things where it's like the Joker's a villain throughout the whole thing, and at the end he decides to team up with the Suicide Squad, leading us to believe that there's going to be a number two.
0: Well, that's always a possibility as well. Do you think that that's the Enchantress, or is it Black Owls? It's the Enchantress. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. She has a similar look, just because the way the hair is. But yeah, it's the Enchantress. <laughs>
0: they call it the Poo
1: Side Squad.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's the same thing. It is to me. <laughs> What's wow. really funny about this, to
4: me, is we're gonna have two movies that aren't single Batman movies with Batman in them before we actually get a Batman movie with this new Batman. All the better, Ross. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of like a reverse Marvel, almost, it seems like to me. That's the whole plan for the Justice League, man. Mm -hmm. Jump right in and then make the single movies later. Right. They've actually, speaking of that, they've shown promo pictures for the Justice League movie, too. Really? Not just Batman v. Superman, but they've shown one with Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Batman, Superman, Cyborg, and The Flash.
2: I'll be damned. All all those characters are supposed to appear in, in... Superman versus Batman. So it could very well be from there, but as far as a promo is concerned, there is talk. Like at this point, they're already starting to do Wonder Woman movie stuff. So oh yeah, this actually yeah. showed up. I guess uh, they did a promo video before.
4: I don't remember if it was the Flash or Arrow. Like a whole thirty-minute promo thing with uh, Jeff Johns coming out and talking about the movies. Right, and that was an actual promo of the Justice League movie.
2: I'll be damned.
4: For way before that. I mean, yeah, you're right. Wonder Woman is supposedly a prequel that takes place in uh, World War One. Right, right
2: period movie. Kind of like a Captain America's movie.
4: Yeah, and, and we've they haven't shown a lot about Aquaman, but they've shown pieces of uh, Aquaman promo art, too. Mm-hmm. As, as much as I hate
0: it because I want them to be able to stand alone, I don't know, the more I talk to people, the more I think maybe maybe these films have to go this way.
4: I think that it makes them bigger than they actually are, yeah, but I agree with you.
0: Because I want Cyborg to have his own film before Justice League, and I want you know Aquaman to have his own film, but I think if they don't come off and really show off in Batman vs. Superman, people aren't going to go see him.
4: Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, another, it's not really a comic book related movie, but they announced a sequel, kind of, to Cloverfield we at the 10 Cloverfield Lane. And that's really crazy because they announced it and it comes out in March. Okay. Like, movies don't get announced that late before they come out. Usually. Generally
2: speaking, no.
0: Well, I, I honestly, guys, full disclosure, who liked Cloverfield?
2: I liked it. I, I enjoyed it I, I, it. I did, too. It's all right. I it. 8mm, is that what it was
1: called? What was that
2: other one? No, 8mm is, is totally different. Super 8? Super 8. eight millimeter. That was a different movie all the I later. think, but it was... So it was 8mm. It
1: was by the same dude, right? JJ yeah. Abrams?
2: Yeah. Uh, yes. Abrams that so do both.
1: They were kind of similar.
2: He didn't do Super 8. Super 8 had Nick Cage in it. that's alright. You're thinking 8mm.
1: Whatever it is.
2: You know, Super
4: 8. <laughs> Super, Super 8, 8 was JJ Abrams, too. Yeah.
0: Well, even with Nick. With Nick no, no, Nick oh, Cage no. wasn't in that one. Super 8 Nick Cage was Nate in. <laughs> okay. Yes.
2: Uh, it, what did I say? We're ruining everything. Now. Nothing. <laughs> no, g- yeah, I don't he...
0: remember my point. <laughs> S- super Eight ends. Cloverfield bullshot Bullshot by J.J. Abrams.
1: And they had a similar feel to him, and they had a similar structure and story. True. Yeah,
2: where similar the, monster.
1: The monster wasn't seen a hundred percent of the time. Right. The
2: focus was more around the characters. So I the... think
1: Cloverfield was just his. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's not his, this is what I want to make. I want to make Super 8.
2: Oh, like a tr- testing ground?
1: Something like that. Okay. That's what I think it was because, I mean, he, J.J. was fairly unknown at that time, just more in TV. Right. Stuff. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I'm stupid. This- thanks, for, thanks for watching.
4: <laughs> <laughs> this trailer, too, it it looks totally different. It's not a camera, like no. hand cameras.
2: Yeah, somewhere. it's more like a... Uh, I don't know, more like... More like a real movie? More like a prison... No. Well, I mean, yes. (laughs) Not the best description. It's more like a... uh, Hiding from a Fallout kind of movie. Does that make sense? No. I need to cut that out of there because that didn't make any sense at all. Stop.
1: Hiding from a
0: fallout. Explain have you it. seen the trailer? Explain. No, no. Okay, so
2: John Goodman is one of the characters John in Goodman it. John Goodman is in it?
0: Yeah, yes. he's like
4: the main character,
0: actually. You may not have to watch that now. <laughs> no. <laughs> he, he, well,
2: it looks good. And because, John looks
1: pretty good. He does. He's he he a long of I don't know. I liked him on oh. old brother Robert,
2: though. that was about it. That was pretty uh, good, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's him and then a girl and a, I want to say girl and boy, mm. living in like a fallout shelter. <laughs> girl and a boy. Well, no, it is, you know,
0: honestly, I didn't even connect that that was a Cloverfield thing. No, I, I actually built that up as more like a weird suspense thing. Like, oh, was it okay to go outside or not? I don't know. Yeah, but that's because I I didn't really pay attention to the trailers. I watched them, but I you know. maybe they didn't want to step in monster poop.
2: Well, that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the size of it? <laughs> Terrible.
0: That thing was supposed to be the baby.
2: That's not a penis. <laughs> right? Oh. It's a skull. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I haven't...
3: What am I getting confused with? Is Cloverfield the one with the plants that kill everybody? No. <laughs> or is that something
0: else? Uh, Cloverfield it's is... Of the killer tomatoes. <laughs> basically like a handheld <laughs> camera. And there's an, a oh, giant monster like assaulting in the sound city. Sound footage but movie. But it's all, it's all through the, the handheld camera.
3: Yeah, I
0: haven't watched that.
3: Okay. I watched the one where the plants kill everybody. Okay, so
0: you're talking about The Happening.
3: The Happening. That's what
0: I'm thinking. What's yeah. Happening? I, I think everybody <laughs> Oh, yeah. I've never seen
2: that. It's, you, you're better off. Marky Mark's great in everything. Shut up.
0: Uh, this one was <laughs> a bad choice. <laughs> <laughs> Marky does not... And you know what? I I this point. I uh, Marky Mark picks a lot of great films to be in, to tell you the truth. It's hard to find films that he's bad in. And it's not necessarily that he's bad in it as much as that he just picked a bad film. Mm-hmm. This was a bad film.
2: Yeah, anyway, there's that. It's before uh, M. Night Shyamalan was... When people realized that M. Night Shyamalan didn't know what he was doing. Oh, no, was that was a good movie. Everybody knew. Yeah, so it was The Sixth Sense. Yeah. I didn't watch that one. That's a good one. You That's should watch one. that one. watched yeah. The
1: Village 2 in theaters.
0: Yeah. Or The Village 1 in theaters. Yeah.
2: <laughs> 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 village 2 a different movie. <laughs> yeah, when he got to The
0: Village, I think that's where he started falling off. I think by the happening, everybody knew there was a mistake. What's
2: happening? Um, <laughs> I think that's a show, isn't it? Than it used to be. Now, Go on. Now,
0: I, I do have one more question, though, before we get too far down the lane for Cloverfield. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah? All right. Was liking Cloverfield more about finding out later what was going on than actually watching the film? Full disclosure,
1: hey. yeah, I don't remember the movie that well, but I remember liking it at the time. Okay. So I have no idea what really happened in that movie. All
0: right. I think I, it...
1: I know Chris Pine was in it,
0: wasn't he? Oh, I couldn't know. tell you who was in it at all. I
1: think it was Chris Pine. I just don't remember it that well. It wasn't that good of a movie, but it wasn't uh, Dinosaur Dung. It was,
2: it was a Pine Creed. <laughs> <Korean. laughs> <So. laughs> at least one somewhere, maybe.
1: It's one of those movies that you put it on for background if you're doing something else. If you're on your phone or watching something else, you put it on for background. <laughs> I,
4: I watch Cloverfield they're... when I'm watching other things
1: on TV. <laughs> yeah, you're,
2: you're losing footing there, man.
1: It's I'm not, just saying it's not, it wasn't terrible that I remember.
2: You remember and, liking it at the time and it didn't hold but you.
1: But I don't want to watch it again.
2: Right, understandable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Huh?
1: I, I, I remember mean, there's movies that I've turned on and shut off, even this background noise, because it's so stupid.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, you, you have a catalog. Like episode
1: one, two, three, you
2: know. <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> Take that.
1: What one, two, three? Star Wars. Oh, Bob. What okay. do you mean,
2: episode of what? <laughs> what
1: I, this Come happens on. between us a lot. Man, <laughs> I, I uh, could have been anything. I think he hates me, but it's okay.
3: <laughs> I thought you were talking about the uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy. What they don't he call it that way. What?
2: What? You shut up over there, mister.
1: <laughs> and,
2: and right. mm, there's only one original trilogy, Barry. <laughs> Man, you know, you know what he wanted. I couldn't help but give it to him. Thank you. So Speaking
4: kind of a, uh, yeah. Star Wars. Go on, Ross. Um, I guess they've... Uh, the eight. It's a rumor that they've cast Darth Vader... Like people to be in the suit and people to be in action parts of the suit and a new suit to be move around, and I guess he's going to be doing a lot crazier things than he ever did the in elevator. the prequel and not the prequels in the
2: in Rogue oh, One. Yeah, for the Rogue One movie, I've I don't think it's in ballet part. stuff. Oh,
1: Well that's something he hasn't done
2: before. I, I mean, if he did
1: peer away the, with I'm Palpatine, I'm pretty up,
2: sure up. there was <laughs> Star Wars on ice, which is like the same thing, <laughs> see, uh, but with skates.
4: I guess there's rumors of him uh, throwing a lightsaber and cutting someone in half.
2: Huh, okay. Well, that's interesting. This is kind of crazy because
4: you didn't even know Darth Vader was going to be in it. And then now we know Darth Vader's in it and he's going to be like a bigger part of it. Than... So
1: is this going to take place prior to Episode 7?
4: Yes, it's a lot prior to. Okay. It's It's right before A New Hope.
1: Because I heard what?
0: It's right before A New Hope.
1: What was I going to say? I don't something know. Probably something important. No, for me it's probably
0: not. Well, you had heard something about the time that Rogue was going to be coming out.
1: Yes. I thought it was going to be Poe Dameron.
0: No.
4: They are making a Poe Dameron comic.
1: Maybe that's what in getting in
0: up. Maybe.
1: Who's going to be head of Rogue One?
0: I don't know. As far as we know, it's going to be a completely expendable <clears throat> cast.
1: It's not going to be Wedge Antilles?
0: Probably not, because... He might show up, but... We, we may learn the sacrifice of the boffins.
1: Man, I don't <laughs> really care about them.
4: I guess, well, uh... You
0: will
1: after I this just, film. I just will wedge around.
4: I guess Alan how do you say his name. That's
0: right.
4: Is it? Okay. I guess he's playing the <laughs> droid in the movie, and it's supposed to be, like, the coolest droid we've ever seen in any of the movies. I was saying something, because BB-8 was pretty awesome. Well, if Alan Tudyk's doing the voice for it, that's pretty cool. I guess he's doing the voice and their motion capturing him and everything for it, so. Sweet.
1: <laughs> I was going to say, what's his last name again?
2: Tudyk. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, what do you want me to? Oh, uh, I get it. Funny. It's
1: like when we're driving <laughs> in a car together.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're sitting next to each other and there's two of us. Okay. Now, what? I don't know. You go, go, talking? go. I don't know. Did, uh, have you guys seen any of the uh, Con Man show that uh, Alan put on with uh, Nathan Fillion? No, no, they're going to be doing a comic book for the characters they're based on in the show. Uh, free comic book day book actually. Nathan, this was take off. Nathan Fillion. And in, was it uh,
1: like a uh, internet show? Yes,
2: hmm. called Con Man. It's about a guy that was in a sci-fi slash TV or sci-fi TV show that is now. Not a active TV show, and goes to comic cons to sign pictures. So it's real life. Pretty much, pretty much is real life. Okay, and uh, they're going to be making a comic book as an offshoot from the show that they were on in the show. So that makes sense.
1: Make a comic book about a comic con goer.
2: No, they're making a comic book about the so in a way that can make a lot easier to make sense. So if Spock. Who was on Star Trek? Leonard Nimoy had a comic book made about Star Trek. That's what it would be. Except Star Trek didn't have a comic book. That doesn't help at all. So it's like it's like the
4: character he's
1: playing. The character in he's the the playing the show, in the show. In the show. <coughs> so Leonard Nimoy.
2: So Leonard Nimoy would have a comic book made about the character he played in the show. It's so just like Star Trek. Really, it'd be
4: like if Leonard Nimoy had a Star Trek comic made. Is what he's saying. That he yes. Wrote in-
2: no. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. It
1: doesn't make sense to me.
2: Okay. So,
0: the character who is now just a con guy, right? his old show that he's important for, that's what the comics are going to be about. Yes. They're going to be about the show it's that he's
2: famous a comic for. book about a fake show that never existed that's inside the other show.
0: So, Galaxy Quest?
2: Yes. yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Pretty much. It has a comic book also. Huh. The triple win. <clears throat> yep. Giant circle. Free comic day. Look for it, folks. All right. that's a, I know. That's the worst. Beat into the ground, mister.
1: I didn't try. It just yeah, happened. Ah, whatever. <laughs> just happened.
4: Ross News. Yeah, there's a couple more crazy things. DC hasn't officially announced this, but Jim Lee and Jeff Johns have been talking about Wait, this um, and making their profile <laughs> pictures.
2: I don't think that's... No.
4: And they're calling it DC Rebirth.
1: Oh my god, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yep. Oh, why can't they say reborn?
4: I don't know. We, I don't know if it's... Uh, it's not as messy.
1: That sounds disgusting.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to the party, Barry. <laughs> well, now, uh, now your idea of the baby sounds even more plausible, yeah. actually. I mean, really.
1: It's just going to be a picture of that baby from
0: 2001.
2: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> no. Tell me no. So so what is this? Is this? Is we this don't totally know what No it one is. knows yet,
4: but a lot of people freaked out when they said it and thought that DC was restarting
0: everything again.
2: Remember how he said the internet's stupid?
0: Yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, it sounds plausible that that's what they're doing.
2: I guess uh, since
4: then, Ethan Van Skyver, Skiver. Skiver has been confirmed to be doing some sort of art for it, too. So that leads me to believe that it's a single book, It'll not. Be
1: eight issues, probably. Yeah. With him hmm. doing the art. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Well, that sounds a lot more li- likable than the other option. Wait, Wait a, a minute.
0: F- what is Jim Lee doing if he's not doing the art? He's,
4: he can uh, write things. He's he,
0: head up in D.C. Oh. He, yeah, he just changed
4: his profile picture and has been talking
0: about it. But <laughs> <and laughs> he,
4: he hasn't necessarily said he's uh, involved in the project.
0: Jim, you change your profile picture. That's your job now. But he
4: did Jim Lee did do something else crazy recently. Oh, this is what I was hoping for. Go on, Ross. They've announced a reworked Hanna Barbera line of comics for DC and Jim Lee has redesigned Scooby Doo as Scooby Apocalypse.
1: Great. Awesome. Great. So Daphne's gonna be running around in a thong. Awesome.
2: Double awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's
4: actually not what it looks like the at mystery all. Mystery
1: machine's not going to be the mystery machine. It
4: does look an awful.
1: There's no mystery to it.
2: It does look an awful lot like wild. The mystery stuff, was so. what was inside the van and how it kept running. Hey,
1: you know what we need for? You know what we need for Shaggy? He needs tattoos all over the damn place.
2: No, that'll
1: make him a, a, a new hipster, and he could put beard oil in.
2: <laughs> you mean mustache Smoke oil? Pipe
1: and shave his shave his eyebrows.
2: I think that's a little too much with the.
1: Oh man,
0: I don't see why not. Although people will probably have higher colors.
1: I thought you were just making that up. No, he no, has it's a beard totally it, it. Yeah, yeah. He it does looks, have a weird beard. He looks like yeah. a, a modern mountain man. That's a <laughs> a, oh, <shut> i like,
4: <laughs> I'm hoping it's like he
1: drinks Starbucks and <laughs> writes a play and. Yeah, I'm a writer. Yeah. <laughs> you have you ever got memory? paid to write? No, but I'm a writer. Right, mm. Where'd you find your script at the bottom of a bottle? <laughs> Yay!
4: They're saying that even though Crack-o-jack they look, box. even though they look different, they're still going to have a lot of the same character traits that they have. But
1: before. is the art style going to be that style now? Are they going to bring it into uh, an actual looking like comic book instead of the old Hanna Barbera? Yeah. Yes,
2: it's, yeah. It's, the, it's the, comi- the, the comic. The so comic books are going to
1: look thing. like that.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Ah, dang it!
4: Which that that one's. The most extreme of but the options. You were
1: talking about Space Quest.
4: Yeah, they're doing a couple more. One of them is Space Quest, and that one is being written by Jeff, Jeff Parker, Parker and art by Doc Shiner. Yep. And, and
2: Jeff Parker from Skull um, Skull Racer or Skull? No, no, Jeff oh, Parker,
4: okay? the author for Aquaman. Oh, and, and Superman. Flash okay. Gordon. Flash Gordon.
1: Okay. Batman Sixty Six. Watch.
2: Yes. Okay.
1: Cool. Okay. Doc Shaner from that same Flash Gordon series, so they're teaming up again. Oh, all right. So, Shaner also did the Shazam thing for Convergence.
4: Yeah, that one looks really cool because it's supposed to be a team-up book of Johnny Quest and basically every other action Hanna Barbera cartoon they ever did. So Birdman, Space Ghost, the
2: Herculoids.
1: I was want to lead it.
2: it. It looks yeah. really, really cool. The couple pictures they put out for it look cool. I don't think that's the art that's going to be the story, but there's at least two pictures out, like, cover style. look awesome.
4: That, that Actually, that's the artist that's in the Oh, really? Well, I didn't too. realize that. Yeah. That's cool. Huh. Um, and then another really, really crazy one that you might like is they're doing, it's called Wacky Race World. This is probably the craziest... Like, Scooby-Doo was pretty out of control, but it kind of made sense. Right. This one is Wacky Races with vehicles designed by the guy that designed Mad Max Fury Road's vehicles.
1: So the buggy... The Doom buggies?
4: And in... Doom buggies, doom buggies. Yep. yes. And in a similar setting. So there's cannibals and, and...
1: And it's called Wacky Races?
4: Wacky Race World, cool. yep. And it'll have... Penelope pit stop, they said for sure, and <laughs> Dick Dastardly is for sure in it. Is I'm Muttly's hoping that Muttley's in, in it too. Yeah, i be of
0: surprised that. if he wasn't. You know, yep. if Muttley is not on top of the Dick Dastardly mobile with a flaming guitar, I'm gonna be a little let down. <laughs> yeah, giant, I think
1: he should giant be. Giant mustache out of metal. Yep,
3: that'd
4: be,
1: <laughs>
2: awesome. that'd be awesome. I don't know why his mustache has to be metal. Because
1: <laughs> it'd be not his, but the car. Oh, the car. We'll okay. Have a giant mustache out of metal. Okay.
4: And then the last one they announced is Flintstones being drawn by Amanda Connor.
1: Awesome. She's not going to draw that. Yeah. Is she really? Yeah. What they I, saw I, saw drawing. The, I saw the picture. I didn't. I thought that was like a promotional.
4: No, nope, she's supposed to be the artist for the whole thing. And the, the interior artist for Scooby-Doo, I'll have to look up his name again. It, it's one of the artists for Superman that's been working on Superman recently. It's not... Uh, yeah. No, it's not him. It, it was probably Daniel's the guy either, before him. Uh-huh.
0: Hmm. I'm gonna say is hopefully they make Bernie's skirt a little longer. <laughs> yeah.
4: I do. I do really like uh, the look <laughs> of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh.
4: I like the look of uh, Dino and the saber-toothed tiger a lot. Oh, wow. I mm-hmm. think they look pretty cool, like actual dinosaurs and oh, yeah. stuff.
3: Well, Fred is jacked.
4: Yeah, that's a lot of people have commented on that online, too. He looks like too. he's high too. I think... He does? I think that's because he's like a construction worker, you know? Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes was, sense for him to be pretty strong.
0: I always thought that he was supposed to be pretty beefed up. Mm-hmm.
1: I was...
2: No.
1: Huh. I, I always thought John Goodman after that show. Speaking yeah. of John Goodman.
2: <laughs> speaking of John Goodman, <laughs> it always, he always thought, comes back to John. Right?
1: I always thought it was like John Goodman's size. But huh. I can see him being jacked.
2: man. Yeah. But I mean, he never still got a in, he's still got a belly, he's still got a belly in the pictures. so <laughs> belly in the pictures, You exactly. always see him getting
4: off work.
1: Oh yeah, uh-huh. sliding down a dinosaur. Yep. Um, wait. That's right. <laughs> that sounds right. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Uh, I lots of fun stuff again. <laughs> I've looked it <laughs> up. Movie?
2: Yeah. No. You're, no.
1: I'm gonna call it Concretia. Wait, concrete. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
4: The regular artist for the Scooby-Doo one is Howard Porter.
1: Oh, seriously?
4: Yeah, that was that Scooby-Doo that I sent you the other day. Yeah. That was him drawing it instead of Jim Lee.
1: Didn't he do the Justice League
4: 3001? Uh, yes. Yeah, and his, I actually like his more than the Jim Lee
1: that one's a lot better.
4: version of it. I like that art. But Yeah, it's a pretty good
1: picture. Like Scooby-Doo mixed with
3: Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, it's, it
4: looks Scooby-Doo. like he's got two of the Sky Scouters on his.
1: Dragon Ball 2? Dragon Ball 2. <laughs> <laughs> this goes over nine thousand. Cool.
4: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I, I'm really, really excited for all those. That's like right up my alley. They're doing that, so <sighs>
0: well, that's pretty crazy. I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be really good. It could be super terrible. Yeah,
4: I mean, it's got potential for both.
2: Yeah, this is how things work. But yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's cool. It'll be interesting to see what it winds up being. So. That's awesome. I thought you were going to leave with that. Instead, you leave with this whole rebirth thing. <laughs> Ross.
0: <laughs> well, I, honestly, if well, if rebirth had something to do with that... It
4: doesn't.
1: Are we sure it's called rebirth?
4: Yeah, positive.
1: What about afterbirth?
0: No, that's... <laughs> Not yet. That's, <laughs> that's after. That'll be afterwards. That'll, That'll be, be the, the next series. Thing. It's going to be prebirth.
2: It's this six-issue follow-up. And then the four issue prequel is the before <laughs> birth. Hold no enough of that. Good thing no one listens to us for actual facts and <laughs> <of the> <laughs> stuff. seventy five percent of what it was said was true.
1: I think it, uh, all of it was true. We just added more stuff. That's true. <laughs> so one hundred and fifty percent of it was crap. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Man, we should really not deal with percentages. <laughs> it sounds terrible. Oh, there was one other thing that
0: that was pretty interesting that we talked about, but huh. I don't know if it's really news or not, but um, it was about Star Wars, so I think it's relevant. Go we were, on. We were talking about how they were changing the script for Episode... Um, what was it? Oh, Episode eight. 8. Yeah. Because it wasn't going to feature some of the characters that they brought out in Episode 7. I, yeah. did,
4: I did hear about that. I guess they were going to have a lot of new characters in Episode 8. and it's like so. The, Ones in Episode 7 caught on so well, they decided they were going to rework it to be more about them. Like who?
2: Like the entire main po cast. Poe, Finn. Po, Finn, Ray. Poe, Finn, Ray.
1: Poe,
2: <laughs> I don't know how to continue that, but tell where you were going.
0: Okay. It's, it's, I think it's Poe, Ray, Finn, Akbar. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sing right. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it doesn't, <laughs> sing. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> sing right,
2: Rob. No. Oh. <laughs> Oh, they oh, did. Akbar, Akbar's the hardest note to sing. Perfect.
1: So they reworked the script to bring those characters into it?
4: I guess they were already in it, but they weren't a main focus of the
2: movie.
1: Uh,
2: uh, right? Isn't that questionable are what they were making? Are they going
1: to have uh, uh, Emo Vader in there? Oh, I'm Evelyn? sure. Yeah.
4: I'm sure he's going to keep showing up and everything.
1: Jesus, oh, O.P. Awesome.
4: Yeah, I don't. I think they
0: learned their lesson. I don't think they're going to kill him off until
1: stupid man nine. He is not. Uh, go ahead, Rob, oh. I'm Sorry. No, that's all right. As,
0: aside from the actor in the suit, I didn't really have a problem with Kylo Ren. I...
1: But the to me the actor embodies that character, and when he takes off his mask, and people are going to be like, "Oh, who it is?" And then it's going to, this dumbass looking dude. Yeah. No offense, Mister Driver. There. I look stupid too, <laughs> but it, he's not, it, it doesn't have, it doesn't strike fear in you. No. Why are you afraid of this dude? Just because he's got a mask and, oh, uh, it just pisses me off. I
4: don't think many people have seen him without his mask.
2: You mean in you, life? You mean in, in the world of Star yeah. Wars? Oh, the Star Wars world, but okay. how skinny
1: he is, that doesn't yeah. instill fear at all.
2: No. I think movie-wise, they've been way better off if they would have left the mask on until the fight with Ray in, in the uh, forest. Because if they would have done then it she there... She could have cut it off. She could have cut it off. They could have scarred his face. And
1: it would have been- And
2: in the reveal... Well, not... <laughs> the reveal that he's no different than her. I mean, age-wise, they're so close in age. That reveal would have been really cool. But instead, we get a reveal halfway through the movie, and it's like, really? This is the dude?
1: And then we see him throw a temper tantrum?
2: Pretty much, yes. I've said this before,
1: but he's... I'll say it again. Man, I love being a turtle.
4: Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> no, No!
4: No, he, uh, he looks a lot like Anakin Skywalker to me. See, I think cute. that's what they were going for, is, is an Anakin Skywalker look for him. Which that's would've... why they made him kind of whiny and have his temper tantrums.
2: and Which would have been fine. I mean, if they would have revealed him later on in the movie... To where it's more shocking, because we're all expecting some big, oh my god, this is the villain guy?
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And if they would have revealed it during that fight, that he's just another f- weird kid, I think it would have been a different take from it. Yeah, but he yeah. pushed
1: himself and got more blood.
2: That's fine. <laughs> he could have been doing that before the mask came <laughs> That's off. That's
1: impressive.
2: I don't know if it's impressive or not, but at the same time, it does speak to crazy.
1: I just don't I don't want to tear down Star Wars right now.
2: It's all right, we'll stop.
3: The, uh, the actor himself, though, outside of the movie scene... Before he was an actor, he was a marine.
2: Oh, didn't know that. He's not oh, scary cool. at all.
3: No, he's not. And it, like it shows him like actors before Star Wars, and it shows him like in the Kylo Ren outfit, and it shows him in his boot camp picture, and he has these big old like ears, big ears. Like, yeah, catching reception with that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that was one of my big things too. Is like change his hair a little bit because he looks exactly the same as he looks. In- every other film that he's ever been in, but that was the big thing, is people were like, no, 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 those ears, you, I, you gotta keep the mane, or his ears are gonna make him look like a damn alien.
1: Yeah. I've never seen him in anything prior to this, I don't think. He's I, in a Law & Order SCU episode uh, that I watched. Yeah. So yeah, he's,
0: he's primarily featured in Girls.
1: Was he still in satellite
0: feeds? Or <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible.
2: Girls the movie?
0: No, the TV show.
2: Oh. Okay. Yeah,
0: the long-running TV show.
2: So I'm told.
0: There's a show called Girls? Yes. Is it about girls? Yes. Are there any
1: cups involved?
2: No, it's not well, they drink all. out of cups, oh, I think. Okay. <laughs>
1: it's just like they drink out of a
2: bucket. See what I mean by the internet being stupid? Yeah, Damn it. Yeah.
1: So is Barry. <laughs> <Hey>, oh. <laughs> we call him the internet.
2: Well, uh, <laughs> not in front of his face.
1: walking... What do they call meme, meme? 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 Walking meme.
2: Yeah. Walking meme. Oh... oh. That explains the cardboard cut out behind his head. Perfect.
1: <laughs> no, that's the
3: glory
2: hole that falls on Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I was entirely confused. So, you so confused. Glory holes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> did you guys see There's the. Uh, right there. there was a Kylo Ren uh, star. The, uh, they did it for Saturday Night Live. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Somebody
1: sent that to me that I work with. It's
2: pretty funny. It made me laugh. He was an yeah.
1: undercover boss.
2: Undercover boss, Kyler was uh, going around.
1: It's pretty good. I knew you were Kylo when he threw me up against the bullcat or something. <laughs> but,
4: <laughs> I, I knew you, I knew you were him as soon as you
2: said your name was. What was Matt. It?
1: Matt? Hi,
2: my name is Matt. I'm a gyro up like uh, a, I, I can't remember what he was. He was. Yeah, I, I knew he was, I knew his color when he said hi. My name is Matt. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> awesome. It was pretty funny. If you haven't seen it, you should see it. It
1: looks kind of like a. Napoleon Dynamite. I thought that, that too. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I just thought it right now after <laughs>
2: talking. So. Silly. Oh my god. Okay. Uh, that's enough of that nonsense. Turn it down. No. We, well, maybe. How about that
1: fight in the forest, man. Or when she was like locked up and she's like, "You're afraid of me," you know. And I'm like, "Wow, this is dumb." All right. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: You don't sleep That's, well at night, do you? That was, that was rough,
0: right there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a, you know, a proponent of some of the film as well, and I didn't think that was too bad.
1: I, it made me mad, mm. the way that it was brought out, eh. and the constant the. Uh, no, keep going. I'm done.
2: <laughs> Maybe we should just do another episode where Curtis destroys the Star Wars.
1: I'll, I'll be there with a lot of
0: other people.
2: I'm not saying that you'll be by yourself. Oh,
0: yeah, uh, I guess we. There's definitely the pieces spoilers. in there. If you haven't watched Star Wars now. it's...
4: Eh, it's been a little while. No, they've no, a chance yeah. to watch it.
2: Yeah, at this point, yeah, I mean...
0: It's your own fault.
2: Yeah, take that. I haven't seen it
0: at least
1: twice.
2: Well, seen it three times. At, least, at least once. See, <laughs> nice. for guys that don't like it, they've seen it plenty of times. I've seen That's it good. twice. There you go.
1: I went in with an open mind the second time. <laughs> uh, no, I was, tr- I was trying to put out all the crap that uh, I needed about it.
2: I like how the first time I was like, I was super judgmental the first time. I was. The second time, I'm like, this, you, you, this could be okay. You
1: damn well know that when you go into it, you're yeah, expecting yeah. something.
2: That's true. That's I expected
1: true. something, and I was let down. So I went in it the second time thinking, I'm not going to expect that crap and take it for a standalone movie. Sure. Although Han Solo's in it, and I'm like, hey, he's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but after the second viewing, it was a lot better. In my estimation,
2: okay.
4: You like the X Wing stuff a lot too, oh right? Oh my
1: god, I love it. Yeah, that was,
4: that was a lot of my favorite dude, parts when, too.
1: When that dude was flying that thing around that one place <laughs> and that other guy <laughs> said <says> something, <laughs> awesome. it was amazing. <laughs> hey, don't spoil it. <laughs> but they've seen it already. <sighs> you guys just go over there? <laughs> That's why I was talking in code. Oh, I just being it stupid. takes out five of those other things. Yep. With those things? Oh, oh my God, that thing was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you just explained every movie ever. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It makes it generic.
0: That That is actually the only downside is that we're not going to have J.J. Abrams come back and do Rogue, which should be a lot more X-Wing starship pilot I agree, stuff. I
1: dude. I hope. Every time I saw a dogfight with the X-Wings, I had goosebumps, and I'm, a, I'm I'll admit it. <sighs> Get off me.
3: That <laughs> no, <it> was good. <laughs> Sorry, bro. Uh...
0: The the the, the X wing stuff was really really well done. Yeah, I um, was One
4: hundred percent, my new favorite Star Wars ship too. The X wing. Poe's X wing. Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: I, to me, it does look lazy. Like, yeah. I, I like having the four pods on the X's instead of just the one pod that's Dude, cut in half that and looks half. like looks like a toy. I assume that that was just laziness on the toy makers part but that's exactly how the ship was made
2: yeah take that guys i thought you made something cool yeah
0: i don't think so way though. to
1: destroy my childhood
4: now that's what they did with that scooby-doo picture oh not mine really oh well uh, i liked it though so yeah know. me too scooby-doo yeah but you're questionable that's true
2: <laughs> that's true <laughs> so true
0: i figured for sure that the ascot would be gone Instead of changed into something else, you <laughs> thought what well, would be going on? The ascot. That's what I thought you said. That's the necktie.
2: No, the I guess out. I thought something else. Winter ascot. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sitting on it, man. You know where it is. <laughs> uh, right where everybody else is. Really Got back. Hey. That's what got. All right. <laughs> okay. Let's well, know that nonsense. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Did you just get that, sir? Uh, okay. It's like he just showed up. Hi <laughs> <laughs> guys. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, DC's Legends tomorrow, episode one and two, come out. So if oh. you haven't seen that, you can check it on uh, it CW. Out. Yeah, it came out last night. You
1: know, I watched the first one. And uh, are we just going to make a review of shows and TV? No, we're going to go to uh, comic books in nah, just one we, second. I comic books.
2: Well, no. I
1: watched it, and yeah? again, it was like watching, not, not that it was like, but it was like watching Cloverfield. It was just background. Yeah. I just didn't yeah. have that invested interest in it. Two may change that, because yeah, usually the first ones are world building, character building, right. showing you all the what's going to happen. So two may change.
0: I think two might make you have to pay attention a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I think Captain Cold and, and Heatwave still the show though.
2: They do a pretty good job with them. Yeah. Oh
1: God. Captain Cold, right? He's the one from that one show. Ah, uh, from Prison, Prison Break, Break. Yeah.
2: yeah. Cold Cold, and uh, Heat Wave are both from Prison Break. I
1: don't like the way he delivers his lines.
2: You know what?
0: I had the same problem. Like, it, it feels to me like he's the Riddler from the old Batman mm-hmm. Adam West series. Oh, yeah. Totally does. But you know what? By the second one, I was kind of like, eh, I don't mind. It's it's, okay.
1: it's it's like he gets lazy at the ends of the sentences, and it just
0: trails off. <laughs> I I totally think he's he's uh, channeling. Um, oh God, what's his name? Gorshin, For it, he's just—he's oh, not quite as crazy. The
2: actor from Sixty Six.
0: Yeah, I totally think he's he's acting like, like the old Riddler, except without the Joker infusion.
2: Huh. Yeah, you know? have you I seen, don't know. You've I... seen
0: Gone in sixty seconds? Yes. Nick Cage. Yes. Nick Cage talks just like that
1: in Gone in sixty seconds.
2: Huh. Okay. He
1: gets lazy at the end of his line. And it's probably just a character thing for him. Sure. That he's like, I don't care about a lot of things. Mm, so, that's how I feel, but I'm getting over it. Yeah.
0: I think by the next one, you, you might. Because I, I was really like, oh, God, I don't like the line. I don't It's like totally throwing me out of the whole show. But by the next episode, I was like...
2: Now, admittedly, yeah, Rob yeah. hasn't seen the episode yet with him in the Flash. No, I, I was
0: not prepared for his way of talking. Right. Wave of talking. <laughs>
1: talking wave. Yes. Uh, can I ask one more thing? Sure. Have you guys seen Jessica Jones? Did we already talk about this? No, I haven't yet. Have you seen it? You? hmm Can I... I'll say this right now. Sure. It wasn't for me at all. Really? It's It sucked for me. Wow. Oh, wow. And I've only seen the first episode. Oh, man. <laughs> I tried watching the second one. Couldn't do it. Yeah? It was just so... It's not my kind of show. I don't wow. know what it is. Okay. It's weird. That's how I felt about Arrow. And I, then... Yeah, I can't watch Arrow.
0: Now, now, Arrow, Arrow is one where you cannot watch the first episode and just and just stop. No, I watched like the whole first season. Really? I, oh I wow! Past, I think okay. I'm not. I'm the same boat as Barry. Really? I was, and then I, I the changed. Flash. Yeah.
4: Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> have to <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: binge watch <laughs> Arrow season one.
4: He got out of Barry's but boat.
1: It's uh, yeah. We're gonna need a bigger boat, <laughs> <laughs>
4: right?
3: Uh. <laughs> I,
1: I mean, I like the Flash.
3: I love The Flash. I've watched it all.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it because of the actor where when he's talking, he starts off to the side and then looks back? Real quick? <laughs> the he has he has the acting cadence uh, of uh, William Shatner's delivery. That's how I equate it. He acts like William Shatner talks. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just he'll do this, look away real quick, and then come back to you. <clears throat>
2: <laughs> I hadn't thought about it that way, but it still doesn't change the fact that I think he's awesome.
1: But can you can you see it?
2: I can see it. When okay. you say that, I can see it. Oh. Okay, so let's stop moving on the books for a minute. Oh, my gosh. Just to let you
3: note, there
2: will be spoilers. Why? Because that's we're, what we do. Oh, we're having a good time. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. Okay. That's all that's important. Exactly. I don't know about that. I'm going to shake a stick at both of you. <laughs> Uh, Roshan tells a story about a uh, Sinestro. I'm going to try.
4: It's going to be a All really right. weird story.
2: Number nineteen.
4: Yep. Number All
2: right. <laughs> no, it's not where that. <laughs> oh, okay.
4: Sinestro looking over the Earth, where a group of aliens called the Paling have invaded Earth, and the Paling are essentially anti-emotion. Like, they want to get rid of everything that has emotion in the universe, basically.
2: Right, completely void, and they manage to transform others like them.
1: That, that, that name makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: They're, the way they dress is very, they're like shrouded, they're wearing like a black, almost looks like a black shroud or hood. They have a very monk look to them.
4: Ironically enough, it reminded me a lot of Blackest Night, because it was almost a similar or Blackest Night was trying to get only death, no emotion.
2: Right, that's true.
4: Uh, You skip to Earth where you see that some of Earth's heroes that you wouldn't expect to be wearing Sinestro rings are wearing them. Ooh, Superman and Wonder Woman. Kind of awesome. Yeah, it's actually really cool. And it talks about how Superman would have the yellow ring because he's an alien and everyone's scared of the alien. And Wonder Woman's a goddess of war, so it kind of makes sense for her to have.
1: I don't like that.
4: You don't like that they have yellow rings?
1: No, because Superman doesn't instill fear.
2: The new universe Not, is slightly different. But he
1: doesn't... He, no, he doesn't...
2: Not purposefully.
1: He, he doesn't have the feeling that he's making people fearful of him. Mm. That's true. Unless you're in the movie where he kills a whole city.
2: Yeah, he doesn't worry about it in there, though. You know either. what I mean? I, I think, think, I think
4: new Superman is kind of getting to that point, though, too.
0: Where he hates
4: everything? Where he kind of just destroys things sometimes and isn't paying as much attention to what he's
0: doing.
2: Yeah, maybe. Well, maybe. this is
0: this is also depowered Superman.
2: Yeah, That's from, true. from
0: truth And as we go through that series, if you're reading it, he does have to face a lot of things that he doesn't normally face, and it's changed the way that he thinks about things, mm-hmm. and a little bit of how he thinks about how he did things as Superman.
4: And I don't think that this is necessarily going as a point as he instills fear in everyone. As much as there are certain people that are scared of him because he's an alien with a lot of power, and Wonder Woman's a goddess of war with a lot of power,
2: right. uh, it's just
4: more of Sinestro needed recruits. And so he recruited everyone, including Superman and Wonder Woman, that could instill any kind of fear. Basically. Right, exactly. Later in the story, you get that they uh, when he needs more recruits, I guess we'll just keep going through, but he needs more recruits, so he sends out manhunters that have yellow rings
2: powering them, I think. Yeah, they have rings inside of them.
1: Like the old manhunters?
2: Yes, that's what they look like. The robot the ones? Yeah. They're currently yellow colored, but they're being fueled by a yellow lantern ring. Hmm.
4: And he sends the yellow rings out, and they get everyone. I mean, we talked about Superman and Wonder Woman, and I think this might have actually been the la- end of the last issue. It was. But you get Harley Quinn, Deathstroke.
1: She's recruited.
4: Yeah, which they say that she's crazy, and that's why she's recruited. Scarecrow, which is really cool, because Scarecrow get before. he gets his ring, and he's like, "Oh, I've been waiting for this for so long now."
1: And yeah. still in the last universe, it, it, it kind of carries over,
2: though. That that's something that didn't change.
1: Green Lantern mm. and Batman, didn't change. yeah.
2: So Black Knight still happened, except for when it applies to certain random characters. Like outside, like it, Superman stuff. Part of it didn't apply. It kind of, it kind of applies, basically. Right. Got to put your blinders on. Yeah,
4: remember some things, but don't remember yeah. all of it. But what type of thing.
1: Selective amnesia.
4: Mm-hmm. And so you, they recruit all of Earth's heroes, or not all of Earth's heroes. Sorry, a lot of them. A, a certain group of characters that would instill fear. And I think Harley Quinn is definitely more just like a fan service thing than necessarily her
2: actually being one that would, but... Oh, she she is crazy, and that is scary. They also throw uh, Black Manta in there, I think.
4: Yeah, later in the, in the book, he calls more recruits, and it gets Black Manta and Constantine and the Demon Etrigan and what's the other? Dead oh, Man.
0: Yeah, Dead Man was there.
1: Does it, does it show their recruitment?
4: Yeah, a little bit.
1: Was there any like, hey, I
0: don't want this? It doesn't go quite that far. It looks itself.
4: more like yeah. the rings just kind of put themselves on the characters. I don't think can they
2: refuse them? I think they probably can, but I don't. I don't think it's not quite the same as the Green Lantern series. And it's not kind. Of, not quite the same as Black as Night ones. Uh, I I don't think. I think it's a matter of. Uh, you know, I don't know. That's a good question because there's a point when with Naz... The uh, gray-headed alien one with the tendrils out, off the side of her head?
1: Uh-huh.
2: Where she accepts the ring, but didn't know what it was. And then whenever she says, I'm finally free, I'm going to leave this planet, it's like, well, you're not free, Sinestro, you're, you're owned by the Sinestro Corp. And she's like, what the hell is a Sinestro Corp? And the next thing you know, Sinestro's there, and he's like, probably should have been explained to you earlier. So, uh, I don't know, I think once you have it, though, or once it's on you, then maybe No. Don't know that.
4: I've just... Ne- I've never actually seen someone be like, uh, no, no, I don't well, want just
0: this. Well, Batman, 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 Batman fought it. Did he really? Yeah. yeah. My guess is that these are more like Ganthet's deputy rings than they are like actual oh, semester core yeah. number rings.
2: Yeah, they
4: were like recruit things. I'm sure
2: they're
0: did, not...
1: Didn't Guy fight one off too? Yeah, he, oh, yeah. He's
2: fought off rings before.
1: So I don't, I don't know if
2: it was the yellow, but the red.
1: He fought off the red to begin with. Yeah. And then took it upon himself, or him and Hal.
2: Right, I don't think I don't think he did a yellow. He fought
1: one. off the blue, and then accepted Hal, it. Hell
2: fought off the blue too,
1: mm-hmm. but then hell got the red one.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it must be more like the the Ganthit rings, the ones that were deputy rings, not actual rings. Okay. How what what justifies the difference? Pff, don't know. I, I think basically the power. Maybe they're
0: probably like a a portion of the energy that a regular Snaster Corp ring would have. Until but, you
1: prove your allegiance, probably. And then yeah,
0: then he probably cool. gets you a real ring. Right. Yeah, I mean, we saw that Sinestro could do that early on because he made a fake ring for HAL. That was a green lantern ring. That's true. That he was manipulating
1: his power through. They were in the pocket zone or dark dimension or something like that. Yeah. Uh,
0: But he made it for him when HAL was out of the corp, when they drummed him out of the corp. So, yeah. So, I mean, we know that Sinestro can do that and that there's a certain level to the rings. He booby-trapped a bunch of his rings in uh, Godhead and Mm -hmm. made them, like, explode to... You know, let himself escape. So, <laughs> they completely exploded.
1: No, enough digression.
0: Yeah. Anyhow, continue with the story here.
4: So, one of the craziest things about their fighting is that the rings don't have a lot of power against against. uh
2: Well, at this point, the the palings uh, have figured out a way to not be affected. By the yellow power, kind of like uh, how Green Lantern, the green power couldn't affect yellow. Mm-hmm. Same idea. So physical attacks, yeah, that works. Um, but ring attacks, not the same thing.
4: Yep. So a lot of them resort to that, resort to using powers they had before they had the yellow ring or...
2: Oh, yeah. Like the whole time we have, we have... There's a point where Mongol shows up also, and Mongol has been recruited by the paling... Uh, ever since his split with the Yellow Lantern Corps, or Sinestro. Yeah. And he's uh, fighting Black Adam. Yeah. And Black Adam's like, yeah, you know what, if we use physical attacks, and he totally tears one of the palings in half.
4: It's awesome. Freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Black Adam is one of the first recruits for the Sinestro in the previous issue, too.
1: Was he in Kandahar is... at that point?
4: Uh, I don't think so. I
0: don't have any idea where he was. He talks about Kandahar, though. Does he? Yeah. Okay. Or Kandak. Yeah, I think it's Kandak. But. Yeah. But, but yeah, he talks about it. He actually made a big deal about it in the previous issue with Wonder Woman.
4: I think that that's really cool because that ties all the way back to Forever Evil. Because him and Sinestro were getting along really well in Forever Evil because they were both trying to protect their own right. through fear. And it makes sense for him to have the Sinestro core ring. Yeah,
2: sure. Keep going wrong.
4: Towards the end of this issue, the, the whole issue is basically a fight with them trying to save Earth from the paling. Towards the end of this issue, they find out they need more power, and Sinestro has this master plan, and you find out that he's convinced St. Walker that there is will in fear, and it's made St. Walker able to power up their yellow rings like he was able to double the power of Green Lantern rings. So they double the power of all the Sinestro core around him into 200%. And all of a sudden their yellow rings start becoming more effective against the Paling.
2: Yeah, there's another cliffhanger at the end of that, but the, the reveal was the Saint Walker. And Saint Walker
4: has like a crazy Sinestro core like tattoo almost looking thing yeah, on his
2: it's crazy. arm now.
4: Yeah, it's really cool looking. And like Steve said, there is another really cool kind of twist at the end. It's definitely worth reading to check out.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, I wish Ross had a score for that book.
4: Yeah, I'd probably give this one a a 3.5 out of 5. It has really good art, and giving all of the different villains and heroes rings is kind of a cheap way to bring people in to read it, I think, but it totally worked. I've read it just because of that, and I enjoyed it.
2: Right, right. Um, I'd fall asleep with that. I mean, it's three and a half. It's, it's good. The issues before this have been good. If you wanted to try to start the story arc, I think it starts in 16. The end of 16, 17 is the actual first issue, really, of the arc. But, like, the end of 16 has, a, I don't want to say, an introduction page to it. Like, you know, what closes and start something. But, uh, 17, 18, 19 have all been part of the same storyline. because so we meet the Nas character in number 17. I think. Yeah, I think it's 17. Anyway, um, yeah, I give it a three and a half. Rob? Yeah, Sinestro has been really a solid
0: read ever since they started it. I never really thought I would care about Sinestro. I really love this book already anyways. The Paling has actually been something they've been developing on their own for a long time now. So, I mean, it kind of is a, you know, it's a good question, because Sinestro has never been a hero, so what do you make a villain for a character that's already a villain? Appelling kind of works, because it's not really evil, but its motives and its way of doing things are even more shady than Sinestro's.
4: And I love that there's that one panel in there where the mom has the kid, and she's like, look away, and the paling are attacking them, and Arkelo, of all things, shows up, and the little kid's like, mom, we're getting saved by superheroes. is like the craziest looking monster there is, and the...
0: It yeah, was Sinestro. <laughs> it was a pretty
2: cool scene, actually. Yeah. So i
0: I've really enjoyed Sinestro. I'd I'd probably give it I probably give it a four, actually. So
1: Miss Curtis, how long has uh, Natu been part of
0: the Sinestro core? His daughter.
4: She's been there for towards the start of the Sinestro
1: book.
0: Yeah, I'd say probably like the last eight to nine issues. So she's been there for a little while
1: now. It's getting off topic, but why did she join him? She was fighting against him and all that he did.
0: Well, there's three things. One, she gets separated from the Green Lantern Corps and winds up um, being kind of a prisoner of Sinestra at first. Which leads to the second part, which is Sinestra's big motivation for the whole Sinestra series has been to find, free, and make a new world for all the remaining members of his race. She sees that he's doing that, and originally wants to stick around to make sure that Sinestro is actually following suit. and He's going to give them freedom this time. The third part is she winds up finding out that fear can be just as effective as the Green Lantern. And she starts seeing kind of how the Corp is falling around in the universe. And so she kind of winds up being kind of almost indoctrinated by Sinestro to be a part of the Sinestro Corp. So she starts off as safeguarding her people, and now is kind of almost drinking the Kool-Aid.
1: So it's kind of like a Stockholm Syndrome
0: A little bit. Now, outside of that, the rest of the Sinestro Corps, or the Green Lantern Corps, is gone. Along with that is a lot of the power of the Green Lanterns. Uh Which is something that I don't know if she's even found out about. Because I do believe some of the reasons she's turning is that there's not been any other Green Lanterns to come and save her. And ultimately, the Green Lanterns haven't been doing anything, so the Sinestro Corp is actually actively being almost more heroic than well, it's like the they've replaced
2: the Green Lantern Corp because the Corp isn't around. Mm-hmm. I mean, the end of uh, Lost Army, it's because the Green Lantern Corp is in a different universe, like you said, which is all about what the new series is, is dealing with, too. So, yeah, case in point, the main reason Sinestro Corp is in charge of things is because there's no Lanterns around. No Green Lanterns, at least. Yeah.
1: knowing the backstory, a story like this, I'd probably give it a one. Just a plain story like this where uh, the evil faction has become the good. It's done to death. Um, The writing, the art, and... I just don't like that Superman would get a a yellow (laughs) ring at all.
2: They explain it in a way that makes sense, though. It
1: doesn't make sense. At all.
2: It does.
1: Um, If they had St. Walker in... There's will in all emotions, regardless. Mm. He could do that to any emotion. Yeah. I don't like it. I'm just I mean, hoping. I'm gonna give because of the writing and the art, I'm gonna give it a three. Outside of that, I think it's stupid. So
2: Take that, Colin Bunn.
1: And I like Colin bun I know. And I like Brad Walker. I know. And I like Natu.
2: I know. <sighs> <laughs> Mr. Barry, I don't think are you reading Green Lantern stuff at all? No. Did you ever read Black as Night?
3: No you think I agree with you plain story done to death
1: that's a one Please
2: take die. that DC for having a book that other people take like that DC rebirth <laughs> well that's <a> different thing <laughs> all right well uh, let's move on to uh, all-new all-different Avengers
0: all new, all different number four Avengers. Mm-hmm.
2: Rob you want to tell me a story about the Avengers
0: yeah, let's, uh, let's see. It'd be if a we different do
2: it. all new story.
0: It will be a different all new story, but you know, as much as things are different, they sometimes are the same. <laughs> uh, this is written by Mark Wade. Art is uh, Mohamed Asura? Hopefully I said that right. Because it's fantastic art. <laughs> so, I guess the big thing to know for the all new, all different is the Avengers have left their connection with the government, they've left their connection with S.H.I.E.L.D., they've left all of that stuff behind, and they have to kind of start over. And they're starting over pretty bare bones without any actual funding from any groups. So what we're seeing is Sam Wilson, Captain America, we're seeing Thor. Jane Foster. Jane Foster, Thor. Mm -hmm. We're seeing Iron Man. Then we have Vision Nova, which is uh, Alexander Nova. Um, Sam Alexander. Yeah, Sam Alexander, Miss Marvel, and Spider-Man, but it's uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man. Right. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a very different kind of cast for the Avengers to begin with, and at least three members that are incredibly young. But a lot of the story is actually starting with Jarvis, and he's kind of waking up and leaving the house uh, in the morning, and they, they brought something into his backstory that I didn't know anything about, which is that evidently his mother is... Terrible, <laughs> which is just kind of a small little part of his story, but uh yeah, he winds up driving to New Jersey, and the whole time he's driving, he's sighing because like everything about being with this group of Avengers is not what he's used to. He's used to the the big posh, fancy lifestyle that the Avengers had before, and now they're going to you know like an abandoned hangar out in the middle of nowhere. And it really is, and they got like one Quinjet that they're trying to work on to fix up. And it's just a lot smaller of Avengers than Jarvis has ever been a part of. And so we kind of get to experience this base and get to meet a lot of these characters through Jarvis real fast as Iron Man is walking him through what the facility has to offer, which is almost nothing. And basically Jarvis is like there's no reason for me to be here. Everything that you guys could do or you need you could do on your own you don't need somebody to perf- to make you know top quality meals because you know you got a bunch of kids running around they can just throw something in the microwave you know this isn't the kind of world that or the kind of Avengers that he's used to being a part of but about halfway through their discussion we wound up having a uh, well I guess another thing to throw in there real fast everybody is learning to live with each other, kind of, in this this team. And so there is a lot of, like, uh, separation of who everyone is. Like, nobody really quite trusts who Thor is yet, and really knows how to react around her. The other part is, of course, we're dealing with Vision, who's completely erased all of his emotions. And so he, a lot of times, says things that if he had his emotions, he probably wouldn't wouldn't say. There's a point where they're all fighting in one of the issues. And Captain America's like, oh, we don't listen to whoever yells the loudest. We, we make decisions based on what, you know, we think is right. And Vision contradicts him and is like, nah, yeah, usually it is the guy who yells, yells the loudest. <laughs> and, like, so just, I, I think Iron Man, like, afterwards, like, pulled him aside. And was like, go, go, on that. <laughs> You know, but it was something that he wouldn't have said if he had his emotions or he had his memories, which he doesn't have anymore because he believed in himself. They wound up having this incredible hurricane taking place just right off the side of the uh, boardwalk. And everybody's you know been hit by this by surprise, and there was no warnings, there's no sight, you know, there's no nature that actually could cause this hurricane. So they fly into action uh, with Thor leading the way, and she's kind of like a wrecking ball. She just takes off on her own and starts kind of smashing through things. Um, I think the Captain America makes the best point of it, which is like, she's a lot more like Hercules than she is like Thor. Thor would have kind of tried to figure things out a little bit or talk things down or at least see if somebody else needed a ride to get there. Where she just jumps into battle and is all about the glory of battle. And a lot of what they deal with building this this story is the interaction with Thor and the rest of the team. And, like, she has this kind of crazy zest for life right now with no no kind of thought about protecting herself or what the consequences of her actions are going to be. And she says some things that later make even the Vision question why she would say the things that she says. But we kind of find out that there's a... Uh, it's kind of like a D-rank villain kite cyclone that has started this storm. And he's been way powered up. And evidently his whole thing was he was supposed to be there... Destroying these uh, casinos, and he just didn't care about the body count, and so we kind of see a lot of the the heroes kind of trying to save people, pull them out of cars because you know they're out on the street being picked up by the cir- uh, cyclone, just thrown into the air, ready to be smashed on things. And if you look in the background, there's, uh, there's some people that don't they don't make it. <sighs> Ultimately, it comes down to Miss um, Marvel and uh, Spider Man, who wind up actually kind of putting the first blows on Cyclone. And in the end, it's the Vision who takes him out. And it looks straight up like almost like the Vision crashes his heart. <laughs> it winds up being, I guess he's just knocked out, but uh, he didn't. It looked pretty bad.
2: But it's, one of the, it's very reaching your chest and grabs them. Please. Yeah,
0: yeah, it looked bad news. But one of the other things that comes out of this story is some of the people that get saved are kind of like what the heck's going on? Who the hell are these guys? They're not the Avengers. When did we get so PC? And, like, Sam takes it really hard. Captain America is, is really, like, upset about it and has this whole conversation with Thor about, you know, when are people going to go, when are people are going to are are accept us and stop asking us when the real one's going to come back, you know? And she kind of stops the whole conversation by, like, making out with him for a few minutes. And then taken off, and they're kind of like, well, what the heck? Why'd you do that? And she's like, I just felt like it, you know? We don't live long enough to waste time not doing what we want. And she kind of makes this big statement of just flying off afterwards, saying, like, well, you know, think about what I've said when we meet again. But she says it in a way that it sounds like, uh, I don't know, it doesn't sound like something that a mortal would say, to be as aloof as what she was saying. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of starts making the Vision think there's something wrong with her. Because, you know, ultimately they know nothing about her aside from that she's just Thor. I don't know, this is actually a really great issue. It's a great way of bringing you into the story. If you haven't read the first three issues, this is a great start because you get to know the other characters through the eyes of Jarvis. They actually changed the artist in this issue, which is a much better artist, I believe. And I... I still think this is where the main Avengers stories are going to take place, is in this book. So, I enjoyed it a lot. I'd give it a three. thought the art was great, story was really cool. Neat way of taking off in, in this run for Avengers. It is interesting to see how an Avengers team would work with such low fundage. And it's something I never thought about before. Because, you know, they just always jump in their jet and take off and do this stuff. Well, if nobody's paying for it, who's going to pay for that jet? So, I don't know.
2: That's a good point. Uh, Mr. Curtis?
1: I don't have much to say about the Avengers. Give it. I like Mohammed. I like his art. I'll say a three.
2: Huh? right. Mr. I
1: like it. Give it a,
3: a four.
2: All right. I like it. good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Ross? I'd probably give
4: it a three as well. It's a pretty cool idea. It actually, I, I don't know why it reminds me of this, but it reminds me a lot of pre New 52 Justice League, where you had, like, Mon Superman and oh, Dick yeah. Grayson Batman. and uh-huh. g- good. That kind of vibe. Yeah. I, I like that. Uh, it sounds cool to me. So
0: What I really like is the interaction of the, all the younger members Mm -hmm. because that could be really hand-fisted and turn out terrible. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And I
0: think they've actually done a great job of building Nova, Spider-Man, and Miss Marvel. One of the coolest things for me was, like, in the very first issue, Nova's just kind of beaming around, and he winds up running into Miss Marvel, and there's kind of, like, a little bit of an attraction to begin with. Mm -hmm. But, like, he immediately is like, oh, yeah, I'm Sam, and... Yada yada starts telling her a little bit of his past, and she's like, "I'm not going to tell you my identity. Are you crazy?" That's funny. And he's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I didn't tell you mine either. It was totally made up name to see if you would do it." And I think <laughs> in this awesome. issue, somebody actually calls him Sam, and she's like, "That was totally your name." <laughs> that's awesome. So like, I like. I actually really like the interaction that they have, and they have they have a moment that's pretty funny about their reaction to the vision in the yeah. story as well. So.
4: I think it's cool when you get a team like that that's got some older members and some new people in it. I like that dynamic a lot.
2: Cool. Um, you know, I give it a three and a half. I mean, the art art's still art's good. Um, story wise, I think if you read any of the uh, female Thor stuff, you already know what the problem is. And like her activity is not that hard for us to understand as readers, mm-hmm. it's more inter- more hard for the characters in this book to understand. Yeah. I mean, her whole we only live we only live once, and I only have so much time. It's the whole Jane Foster fighting cancer thing. So, like knowing that on the outside makes her confusion It's just because the characters inside the story don't know. Yeah. So, like I don't think that, that that's that big of the story, but I mean, it is how all of them deal with her. Okay. But as far as the setup for it, I mean, I don't know. So far, it's been good. It'll be interesting to see if it it continues to run with the same group. Um, Because, I mean, like Sam said, when are they going to call them the Avengers? Uh, I don't think they ever will. I I don't think ever. If I was a person in that universe and these people showed up, I'd be like, Sweet, what is your team name? They're like, we're the Avengers. I'd be like, really? I want to see a card. Where's your card at?
1: Is it better than the Ultimates?
2: You know, no, I... No, I don't know. The <laughs> Ultimates is good for a different reason, but when they, they showed up and they're like, we're the Ultimates, I'd be like, sweet, your name's weird, but I really like Captain Marvel, looks awesome. <laughs> How you doing, lady? Where's your hair?
0: Way above me. Well,
2: not, not <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would give it a three and a half. I mean, Mighty Avengers turning into the Ultimates, I don't know if it helps it or not, but it's basically the Mighty Avenger cast. So it's a totally different book, nothing to do with this yeah. at all. But at the same time, of that, because of what cast it is, I kind of like it better. Luke Cage? Which is unfortunate.
0: Yeah. No Luke Cage is really a downside to that title, but it it has still been pretty good. What what I like about it is it it makes me feel like the old Avengers, where it was being bankrolled by Tony Stark, and you had Iron Man on the team, and everybody was like, yeah, that guy, Tony Stark, he's such a jerk-off, and never realized they were talking to Iron Man, you know, they were talking to him at the same time. So I, I like that element. I, I like it when these characters are more than just, just characters on paper, you know, I guess. So I, I like the idea that we're going to have to learn what's going on with Thor in that story, rather than just everybody knows.
2: Right. Good point. Um, all right, well, let's move on to uh, Ghostbusters International Number 1.
1: No, 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 Sounds terrible.
2: That's the way I read it. From IDW. Um, art is, or it's written by, uh, Eric, no, hang on. Burnham. Eric Burnham, and, uh, art is by Dan Schoening. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so the way it opens up, I mean, the first thing we get is a, like, a checklist of the main characters of the book. So, we go through th- the main cast, I mean, Peter, Winston, uh, Egon, Ray, and then we also get an, a part of the extended cast, which, in this one, we're still dealing with, uh, Walter Peck, and he's an offshoot from the group. I mean, if you remember from the movie and have read in the comic books, then you know the character, uh, and he's kind of a frenemy of the group. Uh, Of course, we have uh, uh, Janine. So, like, as far as the cast, the original cast is all there. Then we have a couple offshoot pieces. We have uh, Jenny Morgan, who is from the previous run. We had the other Ghostbusters group. She worked for uh, the other team of Ghostbusters. What? She, she also said, works with Ray at Ghostbusters.
1: Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. Because <laughs>
2: slurred out of her mouth wrong.
1: That's going to be a good cleaning crew. All right, Ghostbusters. That's true. That's
2: awesome. Sounds like a. sounds like a perfect name for another book. She also worked with Ray at his cult bookstore. Uh, no, that's uh, that's Kylie. Oh, I'm sorry. Kylie worked at the the the, the bookstore. She's the manager of the bookstore.
1: Yes. Uh, right.
2: She was part of a different team of Ghostbusters. The other girl, Jenny, she worked for the group that was run by uh, Chevy Chase. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so we go through a rundown of characters that matter in the book, and then we jump into the beginning, and after the last series, which is a really good write-up page. So, if you're just getting into the Ghostbusters stuff, it's a good place to pick up, because there's a, a full, like, three paragraphs of what happened last time in the Ghostbusters. It explains the special event that happened last time, and how they ran into themselves from other universes, and now go. Uh, where the book opens up, ray going to see a psychic or a tarot card reader, uh, as occasionally he does, apparently. And uh, she's giving him a reading, and of course, the first card comes with a death card, and he's like, she's like, oh no. And he's like, hang on, you know for a fact death card doesn't mean that. And it goes in this whole spiel about how he knows what the cards mean, and she, blah, blah, blah. blah. And she's like, oh, well, you know, it's for a fact or whatever. Anyway, he gets a call during it, he's like, well, I'll have to come back later. And so he leaves, telling her he'll come back to finish the reading at another time. And the next card she flips over is the tower card, which is... Tower card's bad card. Death card uh, means change, could mean death, but uh, it usually means change. So tower card, bad card. Anyway, uh, so we go from there, and they've been called to go to the UN and capture a ghost. And at the UN, they're dealing with this, like, wildebeest-looking thing. And as they're capturing it, all of a sudden the color in the room changes, and it's like there's a shift in reality. And there's all these other ghosts sitting in what appear to be the audience of the UN saying no. And it's hard to say, like, if they're saying no to the Ghostbusters, or if they're saying no to the Beast, or... It, it's not really explained, like, what they're saying no about. Anyway, eventually the boys catch the Beast, and when that happens, of course, reality shifts back to normal. And uh, all the people in the audience are gone, and they haven't done anything about them. So there's that, which is crazy. Uh, during the event, the beast spits out acid, and it burns Egon's leg. Not like plasma or like ghost stuff, but like acid, actual acid, and it freaks Egon out real bad. Of course, Peter and everybody else, whatever they they don't they're not really terribly worried by it. Um, so they go outside to deal with getting paid for cleaning the incident, which is a normal Ghostbuster thing. And in the process of that, the guy who runs the UN, is like, yeah, we're not paying that bill. You have a deal with the city. The city pays you. And he's like, well, not for incidents or accidents, and Egon got burned. And so he's like, well, we could really release the ghosts. So kind of same thing he did in the first movie, you know. And this other dude shows up out of nowhere. And he's wearing a name tag. That looks like a, he's like a businessman. And uh, it's Emerald Venter. is the dude's name. And he basically hands Peter a blank check and tells him to uh, take care of whatever the damages are. And Vinkman's like, uh, you realize this is a blank, right? And the guy's like, yep, it's fine. So, it tells us he's a super rich dude. And doesn't necessarily care about money, I guess. Which, must be nice. Anyway, uh, we go from there to uh, to Janine. She's back at the, uh... Now, currently they're not at the warehouse, because in the last crossover the or not the warehouse the uh fire fire station station. during the previous crossover event with the ghostbusters from other realities um part of the fire station was damaged so currently they're being housed in a warehouse and going through paperwork to fix or paperwork that they had to fill out because of things that happened in the previous story so she's been dealing with paperwork for who knows how long but there's giant stacks of it and we have a run-in where uh she's told jenny jenny the other girl from uh the From block. the uh no, that's a different thing. Uh the she's the blonde girl that was on the other team that now currently works for the POCP, I think is what they call it. P C O C. Uh which is the Paranormal Contact Oversight Committee or Commission.
1: Peacock.
2: Yes. Well, poke kind of. But yeah, if you say P then yeah. You what'd you say? Peacock. Yeah, you're right, it is Peacock. Thanks a lot. Uh, anyway, she told Janine that they should hire somebody new. And she can pull some strings to make that a lot easier. Because apparently there's a lot of laws and regulations about dealing with ghosts now. We're back when they first started, it was, do you want a job? And they just hired Winston. Anyway, so we move forward from there. And the guy, the businessman, has elected, or has told the ghostbusters he wants a meeting with them. And everybody's getting ready to go to the meeting except for Egon, who's still at home, dealing with his burnt leg. And he's asked for uh, a bunch of books to be delivered to him so he can try to understand what's going on. And so the girl with the uh, punked-out black hair, which is the uh, the Kylie character, she was from the other cartoon series, the Future Ghostbusters series. Extreme you... Ghostbusters? Yes, that's the one she was from. Anyway, so she delivers the books, and Egon's like, all right, see you later. And she's like, do uh, you don't want help or anything? And he's like, yeah, no, get out. Which is very, uh, it doesn't seem like completely unlike Egon, But whatever it is they've burned, it. this whole burn thing has bothered him a lot. Um, But yeah, story-wise, we move forward quite a bit, and we get to the meeting with the businessman. And there's a clutch at the end of the meeting, which is what we'll leave the hook on, I guess. Because it's a pretty big deal hook if you're a Ghostbusters fan. Because up to this point, the Ghostbusters, they're their own entity. They've just made a deal with the city to have certain things covered in certain laws. Avoided being problems because of what they do. So their whole deal with the city is very subject. Uh, we do talk a little bit about the other groups. There's another group in another city of that's their offshoot group. Which I don't think... I don't know if it's a nod to the movie that's going to come out with the girl Ghostbusters or what it is. Because I, I haven't read enough Ghostbusters to know what team they're talking about. But they're talking about another team in another city. So it makes me wonder if that's what it was. Yeah, the, um, I think a while back they... The did a whole storyline where they franchised out, and so there's right. another Ghostbusters
0: franchise out there.
2: Yeah, it's the other group. Um, as far as book, like I'd give it a three and a half. I mean, it's fun. Uh, it's cool revisiting the characters. This particular artist is fun to, to read because he makes everything look, I don't know, it looks, really, it looks like a fun book. Uh, as far as stories for Ghostbusters, I mean, I don't know. If you like the Ghostbusters, I think you probably like it. Everybody seems to be fairly true to uh, what they're doing. I don't think... Nobody comes off weird. I mean, as far as the writing is concerned, it seems very fit. And I don't really know a lot about Extreme Ghostbusters. I remember the cartoon, kind of. But I don't really know a lot about it. So I guess I don't know enough to make a judgment about that. But as far as the books, I mean, the, I read, read the previous series, the one with the Chevy Chase group, which I can't remember what his name was, but the character was based off Chevy Chase. And that was fun. So, I don't know. I, like I said, i give it three and a half. Uh, it was pretty fun. And as far as, like, being a new starting place, because they give you the character background page, it's pretty easy to understand where things are coming from. So, I would say it would be a good one if you just, are just starting. It would be okay. Uh, Mr. Rob, you know, the score for that book? You know, I've actually really loved the Ghostbusters series since
0: IDW took taken it over. And honestly, like we were saying a little bit beforehand, I know it's a terrible thing to say because artists really do want to branch out and do other things. But if he spent his whole career with Ghostbusters, I'd be totally fine with that. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's a direction thing where it comes down from the writers or some of the other people with IDW, but they're always sneaking in Saturday Night Live references and people that were really kind of connected to all the characters that were in the Ghostbusters into the show. So we've seen, you know... In Nas the book? To, yeah, into the book. Yes. So we've seen nods to Belushi. We've seen nods to John Candy. We've seen nods to Chevy Chase, of course, with that main character that was in the other story. I believe Don DeLuise shows up in here as one of the paramedics. Yeah, that's like a lot like him, yeah. You well, know, I just, I love that. I love that I can watch, I can read the whole book and watch for all these different references that pop up there, Just even if they're just throwaway references that he puts in there. So... Uh, I give it I give it a four. I really enjoy the way that they've done Ghostbusters, and this just feels like another great chapter. And I love that they don't do side stories that normally would be thrown away that just become a part of their continuity. You know, even the turtle stuff with them is a part of their regular continuity. It's not something that's been thrown out.
2: It's true. So. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's what heavily mentions the... Uh... Ghostbusters Get Real, where it mixes the two realities and then mixes other characters from it, too. Because we were dealing with the cartoon series and, like, the comic book series is two separate things. It was cool. I mean, it was a four-part miniseries, but it, it, being that it was an offshoot story, they could have just left it and thrown it out, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. So, like, like you said. Uh, Mr. Curtis?
1: I'll give it a three. I'm not a, I'm not a gigantic fan of Ghostbusters. Right. And I don't even remember how many of the movies are there two
2: uh there's there's two going to be three the third one is the reboot with the girls
1: which one was two what happened
2: in uh two? in two we dealt with the painting that came to life oh
1: yeah that was stupid From the slime. statue of liberty uh yep three all right <laughs> I mean, i'm just i don't dig it i don't unlike rob i don't like Shonings art that well but it fits to what they're doing right so i'll give it a three for that
2: uh Barry, uh
3: Ghostbusters before my time. And I'm not trying to call anybody old, but I'm, you know, I just never been into it. So
0: I'm not trying to call anybody old, but damn, <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <It's not. laughs> I mean, I was
3: born after it came out. So well,
0: doesn't
2: mean anything, it doesn't Barry. Mean it's, not a bad it's when does Star Wars did come out. Are you trying to tell me you're a new hope or a uh you, to, a...
1: to his defense, he just watched all th- 6 of
2: them. Okay, and all right. Seven.
1: Well, yeah, you uh, watched that
3: one? But so I'll you watch them in reverse?
2: Okay.
1: And I watched them in
3: chronological order. Okay. Starting with this. So
2: you're not, so you're not a fan of Menace. You're more of a new hope. Or well, the first Star, Star Wars, Wars episode. Room, that's true.
3: I watched was the one with Darth
2: Maul. So you're a fan of Menace. Okay.
3: Well. Listen, listen to this
2: guy. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, Ross, tell me something about something.
4: Uh, I'm like very... I really, really, really like Ghostbusters. Um... <laughs> And uh, it's one of one of my favorite movies. Uh, the book, I agree with Rob. I think the art fits the book perfectly. I also really like that the the continuing continuity between all of it that they decide to keep everything is really really cool. Yeah,
0: so far, I mean, the, and I I would never expect that honestly because most series is yeah you jump in you do your fun little tying in with the turtles and then you and then you go back to what you were doing you mm-hmm. know but. So far, they found a way to just keep it going and keep that stuff all around. So,
4: Yeah, and this book in particular seems to have an interesting plot. The kicker at the end, I'm excited to see kind of where it goes. When has Walter Peck like become tolerant of the Ghostbusters, though? He more
2: puts up with them. Yeah. Uh, the whole uh, Peacock organization showed up, and uh, he's the head of that he doesn't disagree with what they're doing to protect the city. He mostly just doesn't like the guys that work in the Ghostbusters.
4: Yeah, that's what it says. He actively hates uh, Ray at the start of it. Well, yeah,
2: Ray and Peter both. Yeah. yeah. I I
0: think a lot of times when Peck winds up actually liking the Ghostbusters, it's always when big money is floating around where he thinks there's a way he can supplant them.
4: Gotcha. So he he
0: loved the Chevy Chase group when they showed up Uh because he was like, oh, yeah, I can get rid of all of you guys. So, like, he actually, I think, ripped the contract from the Ghostbusters when Chevy's group showed up.
4: That reminds me. That's another thing that Rob mentioned that I like, is that they're, like, riding past Saturday Night Live actors as parts of the story. Right. I think that's really cool.
0: Which, I mean, honestly, if they could do it, I think that's exactly how they would have continued Ghostbusters. Is oh, They yeah. just kept bringing in Saturday Night Live people, you know? Yep, I totally agree there.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, the original continuity, they wanted... They wanted... Uh, Belushi to be in it.
1: Yeah.
2: But at the time and drugs kill them, so, you know. There's that. Yeah, they tried to
0: make three a it, couple of times. Right, with candy yeah.
2: also. Yeah. It's because it's cursed.
0: That's, that's what the theory Ross, is. did you
2: get a score of that book?
0: He gave me the three. Good job, Ross.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, let's move on to uh, Star Wars issue number... Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh Ross, Rob, you want to tell me a story about Star Wars? Sure. Do it. You can't uh, nod, Ross, because I can't see you. <laughs> Ross R- <Russ> said yes. <laughs>
1: Can I hear nod? the baby rattle.
2: <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> you know. um,
0: here's a familiar name for Star Wars. Jason Aaron. Oh, right.
2: Currently, yes.
0: Yeah, And then art uh, by Mike Mayhew. I, that. mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's right. Yep. Okay, for one thing I, I want to throw out here that I think is really cool about this is there's a lot of question about what continuity is going to continue. Now, I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but there is actually a, an Obi-Wan Kenobi story that this references like heavily that was written a while back, which has to deal with Obi-Wan Kenobi watching over Luke, but it was also dealing with him building his little shack and like how much he felt he could be involved in Tatooine and in Luke's life. And so they actually make a lot of mentions about that, and that's where the beef with him and Jabba comes from. Anyhow, this is all supposed to be stuff that's, like, found in uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's, like, diary. Secret
2: journal? Yeah. So this is stuff that's
0: been left behind for him. What we do get to see is we get to see the Skyhopper, which was always, like, missing from the original movies.
4: I loved this because I just went back and bought the GameCube... Star Wars, uh, Rogue Squadron game, and that's the prequel, that's how the tutorial starts, is it's it's Luke and Wedge and what's that? Yep, and Biggs all flying the skyhoppers around, and you, that's how they train you how to do the whole thing. That's so really it's really cool. cool to see him as, like, yeah. little kids in this doing the same thing. Yeah.
0: And it was another cool thing, they, you get to see Biggs and then Luke, and you get to see their interaction with each other. And we hear, you know, in the film, oh, it's like Baker's Cabin back home, but we never see that. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear him you know, bullseyeing and his in his Skyhopper. His T-16. Yeah, T-16. Yeah. which That's what this is, the T-16 mm-hmm. Skyhopper. Um, and in the, the audio play, they talk about it as well. But it's something that they couldn't do at the time in the film. And you do see it in the background in both Episode 4, and if you look really carefully in Episode 2... You can see the Skyhopper at, at the Lars State. Um, but yeah, we, we actually get to see, you know, the Baker's Canyon and, and the Dune Sea and all that stuff that we just kind of hear about before. And we kind of see what Luke's been doing and how he's been watching over it. And I thought this was a real neat idea, too. I want to say there was going to be more story about Aunt Brew and Uncle Owen in the prequels that mm. never got used, but they... I actually did a good job of making the characters look like the actors. <laughs> yeah. And we kind of get to see some of the relationship between Luke, Owen, and Brew. Luke is kind of a little jerk, though.
4: I, I thought it was funny, and I think a lot of people aren't going to like it because of this reason. But young Luke reminded me a whole lot of Anakin from episode one, actually. He does. And I thought it was cool to have that kind of family tie back to that, even though he wasn't the most likable character ever back
0: then. Mm-hmm.
4: A lot of the same characteristics i think were between the two
0: yeah from basically there he he smashed up the skyhopper and owen's basically like grounding him because he doesn't you know i'm I'm not gonna pay to fix this and you know you're gonna kill yourself or whatever obi-wan kenobi knows about it and so he kind of decides in his own little obi-wan kenobi way he's gonna try to help luke out and so he goes and he like gets some jawas to agree to let him bodyguard for them and he winds up having a big fight with a bunch of sand people, which was awesome.
4: I really like that he doesn't use his lightsaber. That he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just use a staff, and I'm not gonna kill anything. It's just gonna be to make it so they don't come back.
0: Yeah. And then he kind of talks. He kind of jokingly talks about like, oh, I gotta find a way to make these guys go way faster. So maybe that's why he develops the uh, the sand people mm. sound that he makes later.
4: Oh, yeah, that's awesome.
0: And Sand People Siren. But, yeah, he doesn't want to use the lightsaber because he'd already been connected to that in that novel. Mm. And whenever the whenever the Jawas come by, they wind up leaving the parts for Luke, and Luke just assumes that Owen bought him for him. And, of course, never has any interaction with him, never has any connection to to Obi-Wan. Um, it's not until later that we see Lars coming back and basically being like, yeah. You... No, it's not Lars, is it? Lars is his dad. No, yeah, that is Lars. Oh. Please was his dad. Sorry. Yeah. Ugh, just it's alright. St- stupidness. And he brings back the parts and basically tells Obi-Wan, like, get lost. Like, I'm sick, you know, you you can't be around him. You're going to corrupt this kid. And we kind of find out a little bit about the relationship between him and, and Lars.
2: Well, we know that the two of them hate it. It's uncle Owen. Owen, yeah. Owen. yeah. But the connection between Loan and Ben has always been like a rough. I mean, mm-hmm. the movies, we don't get a lot of it, but we know that when he talks about him, he's like the crazy wizard. You stay away from that crazy guy. Ben Kenobi's dead, and he he hates the shit out of him. Yep. Why? It never really goes over that, except for that who he is. Really, I guess this gives like pieces of that. Now it's not like a revelation or anything because it's not out of the park. No. But at the same time, it's interesting to see it.
0: What what I did like is that he keeps the lie going with with Owen. Oh, yeah. Mm. Cause like he he's totally told him this whole, you know, oh yeah, I was responsible for Anakin dying, and you know, so he's he's concocted that whole story that he later keeps going with with Luke. So.
4: Yeah, I think it's one of those things where just no one can know what the truth is, or else. I think I think if, if Uncle Owen knew it then he would probably tell Luke at
0: some point what actually happened, too. So. Or he would
2: just made Luke leave.
0: Yeah. Both, both real possibilities. I think the other part is, I think Obi-Wan was kind of embarrassed about what happened, and, like, in a way, this was a kinder story. Mm. It was kinder to tell him that, like, no, he died facing off against Darth Vader than that he became Darth Vader. Mm. And Obi-Wan was very big on, from his own point of views, especially as he got older, I wish he would have been more like that in 1, 2, and 3.
3: Mm.
0: <laughs> because he, he definitely, like, sticks to the, from a certain point of view, later on. Even to deny reality, in a way.
4: In this book, I, I love this, too. Because you kind of see him almost going crazy a little bit, too. Like, and getting that where he's stuck in his own mindset about things. and, hmm. and You see a lot of that trans... trans- between the prequels and the original trilogy in this book. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. At the very tail end of the book, we, we find out that Jabba is still looking for this mysterious stranger that used the lightsaber, and he still wants to get revenge on him, even though it's been several, uh, I guess, cycles mm-hmm. You know, since then, maybe a couple of years. The kind of big kick at the end of the book is that we're going to be introduced to somebody who's really kind of important to the modern yeah. uh, Darth Vader and Star Wars book. And so it's going to be kind of a cool thing for people who've been reading Vader to see who this character is that they pitch at the very end of it and how it's going to like interact with Obi-Wan.
4: When do you think the next issue we're going to get with an Obi-Wan story is? Because they did one before, but it was like four or five issues ago, wasn't it?
2: Prior to the whole uh, crossover thing happening, yeah, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't actually know what the next write up for the next one is. I don't remember that. The,
4: the next one shows like a Princess leia type story at at the back of this, so I wonder how long it'll be before we get another Obi Wan one.
2: That's a good question, Ross.
0: Yeah, I kind of think looking ahead that there was another Princess Leia book even after this one, so I don't know, mm. but uh, it's kind of exciting. It's a neat. It's a neat story.
4: Yeah, it definitely leaves you on a hook at the end there, too. It's really cool.
0: Uh, probably the score? I do three and a half. I, I really enjoyed the series so far, and this was a great story. I kind of thought this was going to be just sort of, uh, yeah. Here's kinda Ben. Yeah. Like. Here's Obi-Wan. You like him, right? But, nah it's a great story. I think it's really cool.
1: Curtis? Okay. Uh, I hate Obi-Wan. Oh, Obi-Wan's <laughs> awesome. I like the art, though. I'm going to give it... Three. <laughs>
2: Alright. Miss <laughs> <You've laughs> Barry?
3: A, I like Obi-Wan, but I'll still give it a three.
2: <laughs> Perfect.
4: Uh, Who's Ross? I'm going to give it a four. There there was a couple parts in this that I really, really liked. It was a really, really good standalone issue. The story was cool. The art was good. I liked the tiebacks with Luke and young Anakin. And there was one part in there that I really liked where obi One's in his house, and he's making his food, and he's talking to Qui-Gon Jinn, like, out loud talking to him. He's like, Master, I thought the food on the Jedi Temple was bad, but after I've eaten Snake for, I don't even remember how long he says, uh, I'll, I'd go back to that any day. And It's cool. It's cool to see him, like, like going crazy. I mean, he's, yeah. he's not super crazy, but you can tell that he's kind of slipping throughout this...
0: That was, that was actually something they also did in that novel, is that they had him, you know, he starts off going, I'm just going to use this so I have somebody to talk to for a little while, and then before long, he's talking to Qui-Gon, but he's, he doesn't have a response. He's not getting a Force Ghost visit, yeah. he's just
2: talking to Qui-Gon to himself.
4: Exactly, yep.
2: You're having to live inside a cave by yourself forever. Uh, you know, I give it a three and a half, it, it, was, a good, it was a good issue. It's, the Star Wars series has been good so far, and as far as setup, it it was cool to touch the point between the two of them, and like, seeing the, damn it, the the point between Owen and Ben, cool to revisit that, and give a little more, I don't know, a a little more depth to it, because the truth is that that Owen never knew the truth, and I don't think that was something that the movies ever give us, because it doesn't. I like how this book gives us that the truth he believes is the lie he told Luke. And that Owen is still pissed about the lie. Which is awesome. So I think that was really cool. But yeah, I, I gave it a three and a half.
1: Who's Lars again?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Lars Klee? That's uh, Owen's father. It's Owen's father.
0: Oh. Lars Klee, if you, if you read the Attack of the Clones novelization by um, oh R.A. Salvador, which is fantastic... He evidently just fell in love with Lars Cleese. When you read that story, he's almost like a damn folk hero. You can almost get, like, a song going on about Lars Cleese yeah. and his I thought, adventures. I thought you said Lars Cleese to begin with. Nah. <laughs> the wrong universe. <laughs> uh, evidently... It's even, Cleese, he, but yeah. yeah he, he, evidently, even though he was a portly guy, he managed to do some kind of, like, one-footed jump over uh, barbed wire while he was chasing the uh, the roof sand people to get his leg cut off.
1: Sounds like a... Uh... He was
0: a fat guy from Thor. Ballstag. Oh, Volstag. Yeah. Yeah, it almost. Like, I. By the time that he got done with some of his descriptions for him, I almost was working up a, a folk song. <laughs> <laughs> he carries on and on and on about it. It's.
2: Uh, it was something else. That's. Uh... <laughs> I love you, Ari <laughs> Salvador. That's enough of that. Your story was great. Folk song. <laughs> Yeah. My God, signed Rob. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, if, if, I, I know you're never going to do another Star Wars, but if you did, let's let's <laughs>
1: isn't, isn't he the one that killed uh, Chewbacca? Yes. Uh, yes.
0: And he got yes.
1: Crap. Uh, well, he got some crap.
0: We, we we were lucky enough that we we got to meet him around the release of Vector Prime, and then we also got to meet him a little bit afterwards. Uh, basically, while he was writing the story. Lucas was, was in contact with him and actually called him up and, and told him he wanted to do that in this story. And it was a big thing for Ari Salvador that if you do this, that it can't be overturned. And, and then that, along comes Disney.
2: Huh? Well, it's true. I mean, ultimately, yeah, at this point. Yeah.
0: But, but uh, basically his whole thing was like, this death has to matter. Like, we can't just kill him this week and then bring him back somewhere down the road. Otherwise, I can't work with you again. And R. Salvador is pretty ballsy. He's done that a couple of times in his career. And I don't think that he's ever joking about it. So, yes, Chewbacca died. And Chewbacca dies a million times better than <coughs> dies. So
4: dies. I did like that the movie was like a reverse of what actually happened yeah. in the books before they reset the universe. Okay.
0: So. Well, I mean, as much as I hate that Chewbacca died... The way it goes down is so epic. Mm. Um, but in, in in the stories, as we continued, they basically brought in Lobaka, who was evidently his nephew, nephew yep. who's a Force-sensitive um, Wookiee, Wookie. who decides, like, hey, I guess I should pick up the life debt that Chewbacca had because Han Solo... <laughs> <laughs> Perfect answer. Um, and, and basically, Ari Saldaner was like, "What is this shit? This is exactly what I told you. I would not stand for." And so he's he's never done another Star Wars book, and chances are he probably never will. But he's got principles, you know. I, I'll give him that.
4: Just yeah,
2: remember, take, take that your principles. Lobaka the
4: Force-sensitive Wookie. I uh-huh.
1: thought it was going to be like Lobot got it on with a Wookiee. Yeah. Well, that would be crazy That would be awesome
4: Lobaka was actually my favorite character When I was a kid reading the books Because he was around before Vector Prime yeah. Even came up I remember they had little children's novels About right. uh, Jason
0: Jason James Jason, yeah. J- Jaina and Jason
4: Yeah there we go Yeah, And Lobaka and their adventures It was awesome
0: it just, it, it does feel ham-fisted, you know? Yeah, oh no, yeah. So, I understand where he's coming from to that. But yeah, I, ultimately a lot of
2: that has been overturned because of Disney anyways. That's what happens, Rob. Sometimes you sell your corporation, and whether it was your choice or it was the CEO or the, the governing... <laughs> What do you call those people? The board of directors. And then you accidentally call them a bunch of white slavers in an interview. Afterwards. Well, you know, sometimes you say things that are funny <laughs> in your head that aren't so funny in real life. Wow, I didn't read that. Oh, oh, yeah, he's he said some stuff since then.
0: <laughs> and then yeah, because he hated and then he, then he was
4: like, "I'm just joking."
2: <laughs> <laughs> Look at my pompadour. Lubaka,
1: <laughs> yay! Well, he didn't make up Lubaka,
2: but whatever. It
1: doesn't matter.
2: Okay, well, that's enough of that Sorry, nonsense. That was a rock moment. It's all right. <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move on to Poison Ivy. My God, it's out of control. I
0: know
2: too much about it. Uh, so this is a six-part uh, p- miniseries from uh, DC Comics, Poison Ivy, Circle of Life and Death. Uh, Amy Chu is a writer, and Clay Man is the artist.
1: Clay Man. Which is... X-Men Legacy.
2: Yeah, there you go. Uh, so, art's fantastic. I do Poison Ivy, we ever having our own series, so this is kind of a cool thing, I think, because of that. Mm. The art's fantastic, the story is good, I like. I do like the story. Like, where we open up, we start out in the desert, and we're in, we're in a foreign country, uh, we're supposed to be in Africa, and Pamela is riding along with, um, I, I don't think they ever named the guy. Who's Pamela? Uh, Pamela Isley, oh, okay. so Poison Ivy. Uh, but she's very much Pamela... As in not wearing the crazy leaf dresses and poisoning everyone around look at her. Those awesome, right? God. Yeah. <laughs> so she's riding out there with a, with a, a native to take her to this particular plant that I want to see, and uh, he drives her out there and he he tells her that oh it's it's centuries old or hundreds of years old. She's like more well, like thousands, and she goes down and she starts talking to the plant, which of course we can't hear the plant because normal people, I guess. Uh, in the process of that, she gets the plant. I guess gives her permission to relocate it, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of uh, I don't know what do you call them when they're like African warlords. African warlords. That's a good good name for them. So bunch of African warlord types show up, and of course, the first thing is you don't have permission to be here. And the the guy guy tells him, Oh yeah, we got permission from the university. They allow us to be here. He goes, You can get permission from us, and so he gets to eat the end of a the back end of a a machine gun, not in a way he wanted to. I don't
1: think anybody
2: would want. to. No, not really. Um, And Pamela says, I wouldn't do that if I were you. And of course, then the gunman turns to her and he's like, shut up, woman. At about that time, we have a giant, like, it's part of the plant that they're going to dig up. come shooting out of the ground and, I don't know, pretty well destroy the guy inside of it, like Mm -hmm. wrapping around him and turning him into a blood mess.
1: Was it a stamen?
2: I don't know what that is. Okay. So I'm gonna go with maybe. No, no, no. Sorry. (sighs) Anyway, shortly after that, we get a flash back to Gotham City, and we are inside the uh, Gotham, uh, the Gotham Botanical Garden, and Pamela is there with the plant from the uh, African jungle or the African desert, I guess it Mm, wasn't jungle.
1: The opposite of a jungle. (laughs) Right, the desert, (laughs) the desert
2: one, (laughs) the desert jungle. Right, and she's uh, she's met by uh, another lady inside the facility, and we wind up finding out. Basically, what's happened is somehow Pamela's managed to convince this lady that she should have another try in life being a botanist and doing science stuff rather than doing criminal stuff. And uh, it, I'm not sure exactly how far the woman running things knows Pamela's background, but she does know that she's made questionable choices. And uh, we find out that there's an older man who's actually in charge of the facility that only hired her because he thought it was that the P.I., which is her two initials, um, was a man's identification as far as a name. So she thought the woman was hiring another male to work at the building, and it's the only reason he approved it.
1: Oh, so you're not Peter
2: Insertion? Right. <laughs> I was trying to think what P.I. would be it. Well, you know, it's Magnum. <laughs> He's a detective. Nothing to do with the story. Anyway, so after that, we wound up having... Um, Pamela and the other doctor get met by a group of kids from the Gotham, uh, from the, what's, what's the name of the Gotham Academy?
0: Uh, is that what know. it is? It's <laughs> Gotham Academy. It's, it's called is. Gotham Academy. It is. <laughs> it is, actually,
2: yeah. You know what hell, <laughs> So batch of the students from Gotham Academy show up, and they're, they're on a field trip to go through and see the new, the new, uh, hybrid plants that are being grown there. And so they they walk them through and show them a bunch of the different things being grown. And Pamela talks about how they're working on merging animal and plant DNA together, and explains how certain DNA types are across the board the same. Seems like a great plan. It it sounds crazy. Plantables. (laughs) (laughs) But you know it is (laughs) plantables. Nice. So from there we have um, Harley Quinn or. (laughs) Dr. Quinzel show up um, not in Harley Quinn uniform of course she walks into the building of course security guard is trying to stop her and she's like oh no no I have a PhD it's fine and eventually she gets into the same room where where Pamela and the kids and and the other lady are at the other doctor lady are at and she introduces herself and she's like Who's your friend? Blah, blah, blah. This is what you've been keeping yourself busy with? This is why I can't get a hold of you? All, like, bitchy girlfriend-style, kind of? And Pamela calms her down, of course, and then the two of them leave, and we flash forward to the evening, and they're out at some biker bar, and uh, Harley Quinn, of course, looks like Harley Quinn. Pamela looks just like Pamela still. And Harley's really pissed because Ivy's kind of gone straight and narrow, and he's trying to use her... Knowledge to move herself forward and have a second chance at life, and the lady at the institute is giving her a second chance, and she's like, "I'm taking it." You know, this is what I want to do. I want to be able to work with plants and study things, and I don't want to have to be the criminal anymore. And that doesn't make Ivy or it doesn't make uh, Harley very happy. So, of course, we deal with a batch of bikers in the bar who are picking on the waitress. Um, pretty funny line because it starts out with one of them talking. The one of the biker guys is hitting on the cocktail waitress. And he starts out with, hey, kitty, 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 kitty. And then later talks about how he can make it purr. It's hilarious. Barry gets it. He's shaking his head because he gets it. All right.
1: Is that a plantable? I don't
2: don't think. See, what you're saying, I think people are going to misunderstand. Is that Mr. P.I.? No. (laughs) Well, one of them is, I guess. So anyway, Harley picks a fight. And, uh, of course, that goes about how you'd expect. And Pamela and I are destroying half the bar with a plant from underneath the building. Um, The two of them kind of have a breakup for a second, and Harley's like, well, I'm going to go do whatever I'm going to do. And Pamela's like, yeah, and I'm going to, you know, try to do science stuff. Good
1: job.
2: Well, Pamela goes home, and during the whole time they were talking at the bar, Pamela talks about how she doesn't really fit in human society and really never has. Well, if if you know the character in general, she's a hybrid human plant. So she's a mixture. That's the way all the plants work for her and the way she's able to do what she does. Uh, Well, she goes home, and we find out she's got a couple of uh, of these plants growing at home that are part of the science experiment from the lab. She has three of them there, and one is back at the lab where the uh, other lady is taking care of it. And uh, she goes to bed that night, and the the bulbs from the plants aren't super big; kind of look like a little rose, but you can tell the end of it's not actually a rose. So we fast forward to the next morning, and she wakes up in the morning and uh, finds out that the bulbs have tripled in size, and they have something inside of them that doesn't look like plant material. Um, of course, she looks at her watch, or her phone, really, and finds out she's been that she needs to get to work to check on the plant there, and she's real worried about the other lady showing up and freaking out because of the size it is, because it's tripled overnight. So she runs into the uh, office, and sees the other, that Lisa, who's the other, the other, the other doctor lady, gosh, man, stuttering, it's, it's Lisa, or Lu- 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 Lucia, it's L U I S A, so Lucia, I guess. Um, and she wonders why she's there so early, or she spent all night at the lab. And she comes to the lab, and what she finds is where the hook of the book stops. Um, but those things that were growing in the bulbs kind of look like little people, maybe. Which is super creepy. Kind of awesome. Uh, book-wise, you know, score-wise, I give it a three and a half also. I mean, I, I, I was entertained by it. I like these characters a lot. Um, the new weird Ivy Harley thing, I mean, whatever, it is what it is. It's been around forever. The fact that people make a big deal of it now is weird. But, uh, it, it was fun. I mean, the art's great. The story itself is, is interesting, and I kind of wonder, I think, where this thing's going to go is going to be a, something really pretty cool character-wise for... Poison Ivy. Uh, anyway, so yeah, like I said, three and a half. Uh, Rob, your uh, score for the book.
0: I agree with you. I think it's going to be a really neat new leaf for for Poison Ivy. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, leaf. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Little> plant
0: leaf. <laughs> but uh, I'll give it a three. I think I think it's going to be really good. I think it's going to be a neat series. Mr. Curtis.
1: I don't like Poison Ivy at all. <laughs> no. I'd rather have that plant dude from Darkwing Duck. I can't remember his
4: name. I don't know either. Yeah, Sorry.
1: I'd rather read that than this. But wow. That to two uh, tiny people, I'm like, mm, <laughs> I like tiny people. Are cool.
0: <laughs>
1: they can mess some stuff up.
0: That's so, true. Yeah, I, I don't know. I've always liked Poison Ivy, but i the the take that they've used for in the New Fifty Two, I I think is a little bit more interesting than the the older take, but.
1: <laughs> Anyway, before I get to plant people, I'm like, this is like a two. And then when I got to plant people, I'm like, it's a two and a half. I like Toy Man. <laughs> right. I don't know much about uh, Amy. Is that her name? Uh, yes, Amy Chu. I don't know much about them. I'll give it a two and a half. I just don't care. Right. So. Right,
2: right. Mr. Barry?
1: I never read anything with Poison Ivy in it. The only
3: thing I ever remember seeing with Poison Ivy is where she, like, mind controls Superman. Okay. And Batman beats him up.
2: Yeah, someone's got to do it.
3: What about the movie? What movie? Uma Thurman was Poison Ivy. Oh, I thought it was awful. Okay. Is that
1: the one directed by... uh, Schumacher. Schumacher. Mm -hmm. Mr. Freeze.
2: We did two of them. And he he wasn't trying to make...
1: It was 66. We know your... Batman 66
0: movies. We know Okay. (sighs) I, I would throw that out, too. Of course, though, is there any excuse for Puppet Bane...
2: No, that's pretty bad. Don't no yeah. worry
0: about Bane right now. <laughs> he's he's so bad, people forget that he was even in the movie. I liked it. <laughs> that was the only part of the
1: movie
3: I
4: liked. Oh, that's yeah.
2: right. He was in the movie. bird. Yeah. Yeah. Sad day.
4: I liked Mr. Freeze's polar bear slippers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> okay. I like how you remember the slippers. It's
4: about the only thing I remember from that movie, actually. Oh, wow. He uh, had some good lines in it. Yeah. One-liners. Three.
2: All right. Uh, Mr. Ross? Chill out. <laughs> that was a that was a one-liner from the movie. I think yeah. all of his dialogue was one-liners, actually.
4: Yeah, the entire thing. Similar to Curtis, I've never really been into Poison Ivy as a character. The book has really, really good art, mm-hmm. and the, the premise of her kind of trying to turn over a new leaf <laughs> is cool. I think a lot of this, it reminds me of uh, Arkham Knight, actually. Because oh, yeah. she kind of had that same change of heart. It was a lot faster paced, obviously, there. But um, I'm probably going to give it a three.
2: So. All right. Good times. Uh, being that it's a mini-series, I think we'll see what comes from it as far as, like, in-product. in, pro- in, in product, But I, and I like the the creepy idea of what's happening. So
3: mm-hmm.
2: I guess we'll see. But yeah, I, I do. I did dig the first issue, and I think I, don't know, I think it's worth. It bears reading a few more issues to see what, where it goes. Um. Well, it takes care of books and whatnot. Uh, you want to do some uh, books to watch, y'all? Sure. kind of redneck there for a second. Let's try it one more time. You guys want to do some books to watch?
3: Y'all. <laughs> you sh. Up over <laughs> there. <laughs> see, to see yeah, oh, see? I
2: think I was yes. next on that line, too. Awesome. Y'all, you
3: y'all.
2: Sounds like a uh, song yeah. about Lars almost. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Hazel Wasteland, Thunder kills the same people.
0: <laughs> Shut up. There <laughs> you telling All you. right. <laughs> Books to watch Rob go. Uh, they just announced that they're going to do a Moon Knight. So, a new Moon Knight series for Marvel will be fantastic. Uh, and Power Man, Iron Fist, of course, is going to be coming out soon. It's going to be great. I'm um, looking forward to the Poe Dameron uh, Star Trek, uh, Star Wars story. God. That was great. <laughs> Damn Pomeran. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Damn Pomeran. No. Uh, um, God, I. I think those are the big ones for me. There's a there's a new G.I. Joe series that's going to start soon. It was G.I. Joe crossed with something. Shoot. Street Fighter. Oh, yes. G.I. Joe and Street Fighter. And actually, Crazy. I really like the Street Fighter series. So if you haven't checked that out, pick it up. If you're a fan of Street Fighter 3, which I know there's like eight of us. <laughs> the whole
2: world loves Street Fighter 3.
0: They like Street Fighter II 2 and 4. Uh, My bad. But um, they, they integrate a lot of the Street Fighter 3 characters Really well into this story. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really cool moving into five. So,
2: sweet. Uh, Curtis,
1: everything Rob said except for Street Fighter and GI Joe. Oh, dear lord! What was the first one you were talking about? Moon Knight. We're going to do Moon Knight. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan Pomeranz and, <laughs> and uh, perfect. Power Fist and Iron Man.
2: Yes, that's a different book.
1: Iron Man and Power Fist. <laughs> yes.
2: <Right>? Okay.
1: <laughs> Power Fist.
2: What is it? Iron <laughs> like,
1: Man and Iron Fist. That's the right
2: title. Woo. The other one, I think, is a video with a lot of X's in the title. <laughs> uh, Barry, do you have uh, books I, to watch? I got nothing.
4: Okay. I was really <laughs> hoping he was going to say Iron Man and Power Fist. <laughs> 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 Fantastic. It's, it's
2: something, yeah. All right. My God. Ah, Ross. Um,
4: Robin, son of Batman. Like always, all those crazy Hanna-Barbera books that are coming out yeah. later. Uh, I'm really excited about Poe Dameron, too. Mm-hmm. What was the other one? I haven't got to check it out yet, but Justice League 3001 recently turned into an all-female Justice League, which normally isn't really something I would be super excited about, but they've got Fire and Ice and a female Guy Gardner on their team. and So that that's really cool. <laughs> Something <Gale> that's
1: Gardner. <laughs>
4: yeah, <I'm> gonna... <laughs> Well, you know uh, Rise of the Seven Seas is supposedly Happening in the near future Sometime Four. this year Justice League and Aquaman oh. is the big Jeff Johns Aquaman Justice League story that was supposed to happen And then never did I guess now it's going to happen still, later
2: huh. mm-hmm. take, take that, Justice
0: League did they, did they ever actually finish any of that?
4: Seven Not really C's
0: stories. I mean, we got the Dead King, and then it's kind of like... Yeah, when Jeff
4: Parker took over, he kind of did his own thing, which was good, too, but it it was his own thing. Uh, Not a comic, but something that is related to comics and is really exciting to look forward to, is they're doing Teen Titans vs. Justice League movie with Damien and Nightwing and Starfire and Cyborg and Blue Beetle, all those Teen Titans. Cool. And. Yep. yep. Yeah. But it makes me wonder if they'll reference Ted Cord at all.
1: You say, is it an animated movie?
3: Yeah.
0: Okay. Yeah, it looks very very similar to where we left off with Young Justice, at least for that promo that you sent me.
4: Yeah, a lot of the characters look the same. It's supposed to be in the same universe as the current animated Batman movies and Throne oh, of Atlantis was. And
2: hmm. Okay. Crazy. All right. Cool. <laughs> Um, let's see. Yeah, there's the same couple of books I've been talking about the last two or three times. I mean, Iron Man, Way hang on. <laughs> Power, <laughs> <Fish? No. laughs> Power Fist.
3: No, Iron Fist, That's what I'm talking
2: about. Yeah, man. Sam, sorry, Sanford. These people are stupid. I think that that I think that'll be awesome. Um, there's another one that showed up in the previews this this month. That's uh called Rough Riders. And it's uh, coming from Action, um, not Action Lab. Oh no, it's not Action at all. It's Aftershock Comics is doing it. And it, it's supposed to be a unlikely group dealing with an event that happened in, in, Italy. in history. No. Um, so Rough Riders, Teddy Roosevelt was Ooh. back in the uh, real history. Teddy Roosevelt and Rough Riders dealt with. Pancho Villa. Well, yes. And events in Cuba back prior to the Mexican Revolution, or the the Mexican-American War. The American-Spanish War, yeah. Right. The Spam War. The Spanish-American War, that's right. That's the right way they call it. Spam. So, before the Spam, uh, there was an event where the USS um, Maine was sunk uh, outside of Cuba when it was down there protecting American interests when Cuba was fighting against uh, um, Mexico. So... In real history, that's something that happened. This particular story is taking place in that time frame, trying to explain the real truth to us, because there's no real explanation for what sunk the USS uh, Maine. Eventually, they blamed it on a
1: iceberg.
2: No, um, on a uh, underwater mine, mine. mine, underwater mine planted by the by the by the by, the, by the Spaniards, <laughs> underwater mine. Man, kill me over there! Kill me. Uh, so it, that was blamed on it, and it was what led to the Spanish-American War. Anyway, uh, this particular book we're dealing with Teddy Roosevelt, um, Harry, uh, Annie Oakley, Harry Houdini, and uh, man, it's a it's a, it was early it as a boxer in that same time frame. Oh. Uh, Jack, I can't remember his name. Anyway, uh, they have f- formed together to. Stop the weird alien technology that showed up that's caused problems outside of Cuba.
1: I've lost interest.
2: Six-part miniseries. Oh, man, it's going to be awesome. It's these, it's these famous uh, kind of people in history
0: making up their own group of Rough Riders. The idea is that the uh, the boat was sunken by alien. By aliens. So the Spanish in
2: America have alien weaponry right now. It
4: sounds a little bit like the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. It does a lot,
2: actually. That's probably why I like it. Anyway, I think it'll be awesome. Uh, courtesy of hell. <laughs> You've
1: been there.
2: Oh man, it's because you were here, there, and now, right? Mm-hmm. Son of a
1: bitch. Yeah. Every time I come here,
2: that makes me hurt inside.
1: Oh. You started
2: it. I didn't mean to, <clears throat> but at the same time, <laughs> it looks awesome. Um, the cover art's great. I looked up the artist whose name I can't remember now, and he's done some stuff for Marvel. Um, depending who inks him, looks great. Other times, eh, questionable, but. I can't remember his name now. Anyway, I'd say look for Rough Riders because it would be freaking awesome. Anyway, uh, that I think that'll be good. Uh, man, I felt like there was something else that was coming out to be awesome. I'm pretty ins- pretty stoked about that Scooby-Doo series. Uh, I think it's awesome. Green Arrow? I do like Green Arrow. Did you know Shaggy took his mustache and beard? That well, that's kind of what happened. <laughs> I and mean, It's a little more square and hipstery. Ultimately, I think, once we get to the normal artist, they'll probably won't look quite as...
1: Green eggs and
2: ham. I, that's something that there's a story about. Oh, you eat in the military, I think. Barry? Hmm? Green eggs and ham, you eat in the military? Oh, God, no. Okay.
3: Well, no, you don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind you don't eat. They have a
2: MRE, right.
3: a meal ready to eat, that is the uh, breakfast one that has powdered eggs in it. And it's probably the worst thing that's ever been made.
0: <laughs> I don't even think
3: Ethiopian kids would want
0: it I thought the shrimp was always the worst
3: No No, I'd rather eat the shrimp Anything
1: but the eggs What about Gigi? That's pretty bad
2: That's a movie Oh, but it's still <laughs> It's pretty <laughs> terrible <laughs> oh, it, take, take that I'd
1: rather eat powdered eggs than watch
3: that crap <laughs> <laughs> oh. sort of. These eggs will make you puke Oh my god Because you open it up and it's still running
2: Okay, that's enough And
0: we, we do need to remember... Deadly Class. Oh, just right. one I'm always keep an eye out for. And actually, they just began the Uncanny X-Men, which actually looks like it's going to be fantastic. I guess they're going to kick off something called the Apocalypse War here pretty soon. Yeah, the first couple issues of that look pretty
2: awesome. Um, all right, well, uh, I think we'll call that Taki.
0: Taki.
2: That's something different. <laughs>